Oh, boys, we did it. We made it through the 2022 Men's World Cup. How how are we doing, Rodrigo? MJ, welcome. How are you guys? How are you guys both handling the uh, the post World Cup uh, glow or after effects? Uh, I'm drinking. I'm. I still want to be hungover from the World Cup, at least the <laughs> final. I am not going through World Cup withdrawal. This uh, World Cup was draining on me. I watched more matches than I normally do in a World Cup cycle due to my uh, being underemployed and having Blackheart open at the wee hours. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just enjoying sleeping. That, that's another thing. The 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Um, games were, were interesting. Uh, but overall, like, I'm... I'm kind of happy that it's over, but I'm also was like, how many more days until the Women's World Cup in Australia? <laughs> it's like right. 240. So that, I'm looking forward to see how how the how the women are going to just top this whole thing with all the recent news that happened in Australia with the, and we can talk about that later on if we want to. But the shithousery that happened in Australia in the recent game, that was just one of those things. You're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, what, the more can you Derby. Do? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no pyro, yeah, say, no party, Rodrigo. No pyro, no party. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, there was. Uh, I, I will say it's going to be. It, it's you know the last the last couple weeks where we that we had you know breaks in between games was a little weird because you know I was like working from my own home office um, as opposed to working from the the bar at the Black Heart. Um, <clears throat> but it was a little weird today too. I was like, oh, got up and I was like, oh, I'm still working, and I was like, oh, there's you know there's soccer on. oh wait no there's not soccer on. And then i was like wait there actually is soccer on because wigan was playing sheffield united in the uh epl championship so um i watched that game on espn plus this afternoon because i am a true sicko when it comes to the shit so uh welcome to the final um dave's i know minnesota football show the minnesota football daves as it we've colloquially been known uh world cup podcast um Thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to this thing for the last month, basically. It's been really fun doing it with Rodrigo and MJ and Eric Silva-Brenneman, who will be joining us shortly. He's finishing up, a, I believe, a musical lesson. If you want musical lessons, shout out ESB. He can uh, he can probably hook you up with somebody. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about, very briefly, the third-place game here. Obviously, break down the final, The uh, that, you know, probably the greatest, I don't know, the greatest soccer match I've ever seen. Um, Rodrigo, MJ, I, I can't say for, for certain for you guys, but definitely the greatest one I've ever seen, especially considering the stakes. Uh, and then give out some of our awards, things like that. Just talk about some of the some of the weird stuff that maybe got um, not covered as much. I know um, we, in our sort of pregame uh, Zoom chat, we're highlighting a bunch of different stuff. So I'm excited to talk about all that fun shenanigans here. But let's start off with the third place match. Uh, Morocco one, Croatia two. Um, did you guys watch this game? Any any thoughts that jump out of you right away uh, from Croatia taking third place in the World Cup? Uh, for me, I'm I'm happy that uh, Luka Modric was able to you know put a put us put a put a good seal on this World Cup for Croatia. I thought you know he's he's one of those um, I don't know he's like everlasting like he doesn't seem to be getting older. <laughs> And, um, you know, people were wondering if he was this is going to be his last World Cup. And it looks like uh, it may or may not. But at least he's going to be playing uh, um, that European tournament, you know, the in, with Croatia. So who knows? I mean, it, and uh, to be honest, but if, if Luka Modric can can keep on playing, I said, well, why not? Right. I mean, 
he's one of those few players that can that that seems to his quality and his health seems to be good. So if he can play when in his forties and maybe not as as a as as a starter, but like someone who comes in for forty five minutes, I I don't see why not. I mean, I don't see why not. So I was I was. I thought, you know, with Morocco scoring first, um, I thought this might go the other way, but then just Croatia, Croatia scored first. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's right. And they yeah. tied it one one. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I messed uh, up. Yeah. No, Modric is, is he's one of those guys. He always, you always hate when your your team is playing against him because he's so good and but he's such a nice guy. Like you can't really hate him. Uh, you're like, God damn, I wish that dude was on my team. Uh, but yeah, this one actually started up with a kind of a bang in the seventh minute. Um, uh, Guardiola, the uh, Portuguese sort of standout, you know, 21 year old defender, the guy who's kind of made a name for himself. If you didn't already know um, him from Le- his uh, playing with Leipzig, um, wearing a mask, well, point out too, a free kick. Uh, basically, it was a diving header. It was an absolutely amazing, uh, yeah. it was a great, great ball from Perisic, um, who heads it in. And then uh, Guardiola gets the just diving header finish. It was pretty fucking awesome. Set you don't pieces. see many of those, yeah. Yeah. Set pieces from the free kick, fake run over, free kick, header to header. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was beautiful to watch. And, you know, this is the same person that, you know, Messi posterized uh, in the previous Three match. days ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, to have someone come in, a young player like that, and just being able to kind of wave that off and, and put that goal in there, that's 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 a uh, great kudos to that player. Yeah, and then literally less than a minute later, uh, Morocco equalizes. Um, another free click, uh, free kick. Um, it's a deflected ball, and uh, Dari puts it in with another with another header, uh, making it one one in less than ten minutes. Another double header because the defender who failed to clear it headed it back towards the net, and uh, ah, there you go. That's that's why Dari was able to hit it in. So it was like two two free kicks, two header headers. What's not to like? <laughs> I mean, that I was watching this, uh, like, you know, the true sickos that we are at the black card. There was about 10 of us. I had been there for most of the games. Um, and uh, we're like, oh, shit, two, two goals in the first 10 minutes. This is going to be a, a barn burn, maybe a 3-3 three, three or 4-4 four, four or something like that. Uh, we kind of had joked um, when, uh, was it Stu Holden in the uh, pregame show suggested a 4-3 um, uh, victory for Morocco, I believe. Uh, so before the game had kicked off even, and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh shit, it might be, might be four, three, um, not to be the not to be, unfortunately, um, Bono making some great saves as well. Keeping you know, Morocco in the game, Croatia really after that, after that equalizer kind of Croatia kind of put on the gas and we're just like, well, we, you know, we're the better team here. We need to show this. They get a second goal. The, uh, the game winner, as a matter of fact, in the 42nd minute, just before halftime, um, some more, Bad defending by Morocco. Um, ball is bouncing around. Um, and Orsic uh, hits the chip to the uh, far post, uh, making one two or two to one uh, lead for Croatia. And then after that, I mean, the game kind of settled down. Um, it's good, especially after those first like kind of crazy 90 seconds where two goals were scored. Um, anything else we want to point out from this uh, Morocco game, other than a hell of a show by Morocco, obviously being the first uh, AF. Um, Afghan country to make it to the semifinals, obviously, you know, highest ever finish for an African country. Um, anything else you want to say on Morocco or Croatia? I know um, Luke Rodrigo did the nice piece about the Modric there, but anything else you want to highlight on Morocco or Croatia, MJ or, or Eric? Thanks for joining Eric. I, 
again, I'm really imp impressed uh, with their their fullbacks, uh, Hakimi and uh, Ashraf Hakimi, and the other guy with the really long name that I cannot remember off the top of my head. Uh, but both of their fullbacks really impressed me this this tournament. Um, and yeah, uh, the Morocco just, uh, I mean, Yassine Bounou, right? I mean, like how many great moments did we see him like keep his team in it and, and save it? So hats off to Morocco. Uh, as Eric uh, researched uh, the first AF uh, CAF team to uh, win their group in 1986 in the Men's World Cup, and now the first CAF team to make it to the semifinals. Yeah, it's a good narrative. I, I would just add, even, even though they lost, uh, they still made history yet again because no CAF team has ever made it <laughs> to fourth place. So even though it's a loss, you know they're, they're still uh, trailblazing. So good on them. Uh, what a great run. Good time. Yeah, I'll say one other cool thing. Um, these, both these teams were in the same group. And I think, yeah. you know, we kind of we kind of glossed over that fact that they started, they played the first game. They played one of the 4am games. Um, if you listener, if you have, if you've recorded all the matches, like I did go back and don't go back and watch this game. Cause this game was fucking terrible. <laughs> it, was zero, zero. <laughs> it was a 4am game. It was fucking terrible. Um, and as a matter of fact, it is the only game I missed at the black card. I watched every single match. Otherwise at the black card. Um, or at least at least half the match at the black card um, of every single match. Um, I think I was trying to calculate the number of minutes I uh, of just regular time, not including all the crazy extra time and stuff. But like, I think I only missed four halves total um, of games uh, from the entire tournament. So, um, and I'm still still married. I'm not divorced, and I'm not you know seeing my kid on the weekends. <laughs> so <Yep>. uh, <laughs> I understand so kinda, that part. Kind of kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, this is a, just a, a really great sort of, I mean, obviously Morocco wanted to go out, out with a victory, but man, this is a, you know, huge, huge uh, win just getting to this point and, and playing in this match. So, you know what I was just hearing, I was, I was walking back home from work here and I was listening to the, the latest extra time. And they reminded me that in a month and a half, the club world cup starts. You guys know where that's being hosted? Guitar. <laughs> Morocco. Oh, Morocco. Yeah. All right. Pretty cool. Uh, we can all watch Real Madrid beat a bunch of teams. Which means something. that uh, I believe if, if Morocco is hosting, it's still the old format. So uh, Wadad or Raja Casablanca will get a uh, automatic. I think it's, yeah, it's Casablanca, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, you didn't come to hear us talk about the third place game. You came to this for hear us talk about um, a fucking World Cup, men's World Cup final. And I'm going to smooth them all back here. <laughs> we had a, uh, we had a, a doozy of a match. Um, Eric, I, I, you mentioned this before you got jumped on, but uh, greatest soccer match you've ever seen? Man, it is up there. I I don't think that's hyperbolic. I, I it, It's hard to say. I need to give it a little time to simmer, but yeah, it's up there. Top five, top three, for sure. What is your number one? That's my question. I mean, I, I'm going to be extremely biased, obviously. Like, I loved Brazil, the, yeah, the yeah. O2 just because there was all this talk and narrative that Oliver Kahn was the greatest goalkeeper ever. Oliver Kahn this, Oliver Kahn that. And then, like, Ronaldo Square just, like, looked at him and were like, you are dead, son. And they just, like, took him to town. <laughs> so that was that was fun. <laughs> I, I would say the uh, uh, Liverpool coming down from 3 nothing to Barcelona in the second leg of the semifinals. 
2019. That's up there for me, but honestly, like in terms of teams and games that I don't, I do not have a vested rooting interest in, other than like I like liking Messi and and you know I, but I don't really have a true rooting interest. This has got to be tops for me. Um, oh, wait, team, I was on the edge teams of my seat. Not, yeah, team, teams I'm not involved. I don't have any sort of particular interest one way or the other. It's definitely it's like the greatest game. And you know, hearing a lot of people say that around not just soccer people too, but like just regular sports people, like American sports people, I should say. Yeah. Um, we're like, holy shit, that was amazing. So. It really was. It was. Whew. Let's get into it, man. Where, where do you want to start? <laughs> uh, well, we should start where every good story starts uh, at the beginning, Eric. Uh, at the beginning. Well, let me ask you this, because there was like this rumor flying around about a, the flu or some version of uh, an illness that was flying through the uh, the camp, the French camp. Um, and they're talking about like uh, Chumeni and Varane and a bunch of them weren't going to play. Everybody came out. So I don't know if that means that they're okay or just like stable well, or too many didn't was it too many of a who who didn't play in the semifinal match one of them yeah. didn't play because of i think because of like flu-like symptoms um because yeah konate started so i think it was i think it was of who didn't who uh didn't start in the or didn't play in the in the semifinal anyways so there was some sort of there was something going through sorry go ahead mj several headlines use the phrase mystery illness mystery illness <laughs> Like, I mean, like, it's Qatar. It can't be anything but a mystery illness, right? Right. Yeah. But um, I mean, the other story of what, when the when the uh, lineups came out, kind of startling fact for or crazy thing was um, uh, Di Maria was back in the starting yes. lineup for the first time since I believe the first match of the of the tournament. I think he started I think so the Saudi Arabia and then pretty much was coming off the bench for the rest of them, and all of a sudden he's back in the starting lineup, and that was. I was Rosario many, boys, many fans. Yeah, yeah. He and Messi grew up together. Rosario boys. I mean, and, do, does is it really that impressive? I mean, like he's been injured, but whenever the the Maria, I also learned it was surprising, uh, not impressive. I, I guess that maybe I well, spoke there. He didn't Considering, play in the Croatia semifinal. Yeah, no, no, no. But but we we all know that Di Maria's thing is that he's he's you know he was off for two weeks. He hasn't been playing. He's not fit. But whenever he comes in. You know, he seems to be, you know, try try to give that spark specifically as the outlet for Argentina, right? When the ball gets cleared out, look for Di Maria to be able to go and and, and do when they work some of his magic. But uh, I found out this weekend because I picked because well, my mom is in town, and um, we got to watch the World Cup together as a family, um, and that's probably one of my favorite memories so far. Um, that uh Di Maria has a has a nickname as Fideo which is like spaghetti or pasta I love it yeah because <laughs> I, I, because still... he because he's so skinny and he's so wiggly so he is like... he is yes he is he'll, he'll always be Pee Wee Herman for me I, I had a lot of fun on Instagram with all the Pee Wee jokes yeah um <laughs> but Fideo, so I'll, I'll... Fideo Di Maria was was yeah. not the best uh my what shocked a lot of people that he he was sturdy but at the same time you know you we, we as we talk about it, we'll see how how much his impact was in the first forty five. So yeah, so I'll, I'll ask this of of you guys, um, Rodrigo and Eric, as, as fans of uh, comparable teams, um, were you guys cheering for Messi Argentina? Um, oh yeah. Would or if if not for Messi, would you have cheered for Argentina um, as a as a fellow competitor and comparable in in the final? Or okay, you, are you, those like, are two you, different things. You changed so, it there. So, yeah. So so yeah. So, so obviously we, we want Messi to win. We all we all, I think we all wanted Messi. To get to, to get his the World Cup and you know solidify. I mean, 
strengthen his case. I mean, he's already he was already I think the you know greatest of all time, but like obviously this like just puts like the, the final nail in that coffin. But if it was just Argentina, right? A regular, you know, Argentina team, you take out Messi, maybe you put in a guy who's about seventy five percent as good. So like you got like a you know, kind of like an Mbappe, not not quite as good as Mbappe, but you have a good player on that team that's not messy, doesn't have the bad, you know, all of the emotional baggage of Messi, good and bad. Um, would you guys have cheered for Argentina, or were you would you have definitely cheered for France, but for Messi? It, it makes it harder, but probably still the the Messi I, factor is, is what I, I thought we went over. over this in this podcast at the beginning is like the way that it works at least for me, and I don't know about Eric because that's the way I was raised is like in in. In Copa America, you cheer for your own team till you die. But when it comes to World Cup, it's it's if your team's not in it, it's comable all the way until until the last drop. I mean, and then and then if if comable doesn't make it to the final, then you're like, okay, whatever. You know, you you're just you're just watching you're just watching to see who would win, and you want to watch a good game. But but I mean, for me, it's always been comable, and I think me and um. Was it you, Dave? That from from the beginning we said that Argentina was going to make it to the final and win it. Yep. So, yep. So there, yeah, there we go. So there okay. you go. You, you knew my stand from the beginning. <laughs> so. I think that's totally fair, and you know, I, I knew that's where he was going to go with it. My my wedge there is I I lived in France and I have affinity to France and I love how although they deal with all of the uh, I don't even say post colonial continued colonial racism and fascism and all the isms that are still happening, how they finally have embraced a lot of their recent immigrant communities and, you know, worked them into their teams that have essentially built their teams. And let's be honest, gave them all their titles. Um, So when you look at a French team of mostly Brown and black faces, I think that's beautiful. And it really reminds me of the time that I was there and the majority of all my friends were first and second generation Algerian kids. No, and I think that's a very valid point. I also think that this is probably the most, uh, what should we say, uh, immigrant-based French team we've seen ever. I mean, like all these, right. all these kids, you know, are, are they have immigrant parents that won't, you know, that that they can. And so that that story is 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 big, and I think that's one of the things that 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 kind of like works into it. But you, um, and I, I really enjoy that, specifically towards the end of the second half where we really saw that, you know, France was going all in um, gambling and, and, and it worked for them. So, I mean, yeah, let's yeah. continue. MJ, do you feel the same affinity if you like for the Asian well, Federation so or my, my feeling is if you're going to get warm and fuzzy about uh, racial integration, just like with France, just like the United States, where we're happy to see our people of color play sports for us. But you look at where they live and you look at what their education is compared to other people. Um, and you cannot say that a North African immigrant in France has the, has the same rights and, and opportunities that a uh, white European uh, French person does. And, uh, and I'm pointing at, at the United States as well at this and, and really around the, around the world. So uh, yeah, that, that alone doesn't, swing me one way or another just like um all the italian and german fascists that fled to argentina <laughs> and uh, you know you have all these uh argentinian uh football players with with italian names i don't hate them i don't hate their their grandparents and their ancestors you know um so for me it's 
you could absolutely about... hate their grandparents. That's that's. Totally <laughs> yes, I, I think <laughs> you can hate the grandparents. I think you can hate the grandparents. Yeah. But let's also point out that in this in this Argentina national team, there's actually two players that have Mapuche's first names, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a, that's an important thing to be able to talk about how like, uh, you know those those names, uh, the 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 connection between the Mapuches. Uh, who were never conquered by the Spaniards to be to that and being one of the few indigenous uh, groups in South America that were able to revolt against the Spanish and be successful at it. That's, that's what's key. They fought. <laughs> they yeah. also fought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that's that, that's another that's another little tidbit about about the whole thing. Like, yes, I acknowledge Argentina and, and it's uh, X-Men. Favorite, my X Men favorite scene. Wow, Magneto just kills, kills, kills the Nazis at the bar. Such deep cuts. Yeah, so <laughs> that like, is a, no, that is like, a top totally, scene though. That I, is I, one of the I, best I scenes. That, but I, but I think also there's the there's there's that section of like each country is is heavy saturated with that kind of trauma and and involvement and invasion type of thing. But there's also you know the and we could talk about this the the unification of what this damn ball going through a net really comes to with like lots of different people, specifically a lot of the, a lot of the poor immigrants who are able to be able to be part of this game because of that. And I think that's, that's another conversation we could have. And I think that's a Patreon conversation we can totally dive into, but I agree. I mean, I agree with everything everyone's saying. I think it's, 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 this is a combination of all these different things. And for like 120 minutes, like we sort of forgot it, forgot about it for 120 minutes and just in, enjoy the crap out of uh, probably one of the probably the best World Cup final I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, France won it four years ago in Russia. I didn't really need to see them win another one. So and for all the hype about Messi and don't get me wrong, deserved hype about the way Messi played this World Cup. I'm also happy for Angel Di Maria. I'm also happy for Odomendi. You know, I'm happy for Paulo Dibla. Um, yeah. Paula. So, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm happy for Kuna Guerrero. I mean, I'm happy. I mean, like, there were so Papa many Gomez. people that showed up. Yeah. That showed up, Let's... but this, the, 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 they were just watching the game from the sidelines that were like part of the yeah. Argentina. I mean, like, Kuna Guerrero was literally like the, like the, cheese. Uh, um, who's the San, San Jose uh, player who retired? Wondolowski. Yes, he was like the Wondolowski in the. Oh center, yeah, like Wondolowski in the stands, getting the drum, <laughs> getting all involved in it, being like the twelfth, twelfth man as we know as American football. You know that yeah. that that was that that was his role, and I think that was yeah. one of the things. And I think uh, I think um, off air, um, um, they pointed out that you know he was Messi's roommate at this World Cup. So that's like, that's fucking bonkers, man. Like the fact that we didn't find out about that until literally like after the German was over that he was like the 27th man on the roster. Right. That's amazing. Just, just being like the you know, vibe, like you just hashtag vibes, bro, for Argentina. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's the boss. He's the boss tone. What do you, what do you got to do? <laughs> like what, what can you, what are you going to do just to, sh- to be able to be part of that team, you know, and just not yeah. actually play and just be like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out and practice with these guys and, and party out and, Instagram live everything that I can regarding how we celebrate and everything else. It, it was just let's 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 do this thing though because we got to get into it because this match is just insane. I mean, what a roller coaster! Yeah. Um, so and, yeah, let's so start off. I mean, this basically starts off um, Argentina kind of uh, taking control, and, and honestly, for the first 
75 minutes or so of this game. It was, it was, I was going to say, but yeah, pretty much. Like, we can kind of, yeah, we can kind of speed up through it, but let's we'll, we'll talk very quickly. I mean, for sure, talk about the goals. Um, Eric, you want to mention, you want to talk about the first goal um, for Argentina goal? Yeah, this is there. the um, little tiki taka. Um, I didn't even remember how many touches or who all got, got a piece of it, but eventually it gets out to Messi, gets a nice break, beats two defenders. Uh, there's one left. Beautiful pass to Di Maria. And who who takes him down? I can't remember who, who gets him. I'm from France. Do you guys remember? It's all right. Anyway, yeah. one of the defenders. I thought it was Dembele, right? Wasn't it Dembele that tripped him? Could have been. Because he beat Dembele on the wing. Because that's one of the things that people, we, 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 I was surprised. I was like, what is Dembele playing right Oh, yeah, because he, he immediately gets booted. He gets taken yeah, out. That's like, right. Like, yeah. I was like, I think Dembele. you're right. I think you're right. So and Dembele, so beats him. pretty yeah. pretty obvious foul in the box. Um, Cobra Kai. And what, yeah, Cobra Kai. And once again, it's, you know, this this is foreshadowing this Messi, Di Maria, uh, Rosario pairing. I'll say, um, I'll say not but, quite as obvious like on rewatching it. Like, you definitely, Di Maria definitely uh, um, gives a little. Uh, oh, he, that's uh, what he does, zhuzh, though. Zhuzh <laughs> to the, uh, to yeah, the yeah. foul as he's, because, I, I mean, he definitely, he trips him. Uh, he, you know, he catches the back of his heel or whatever. But, I think it definitely more that he felt Dembele's hand on his back and was like, all right, well, I get enough of a clip on my heel. I'm going to go down and, and get a penalty in the box. And yeah, so. If you, see, if you see the reverse angle of that, though, his his foot hooks the ankle and hangs on. So from the other angle, if, if you look and it looks like he's okay. like dragging his foot and, and not, there's no contact, there's still contact there. I and, think you're, I know I. I there's contact. I agree. I just that not as much as, as uh, Di Maria made it out to be. Let's okay. put it that way. I, I was just going to say there's a solid decade of uh, best supporting actor nominations in that guy's pocket. So, I mean, he's, he's, oh, he's yeah. a pro at I this. Mean, <laughs> I mean, welcome to, to Come Ball, right? I mean, if it isn't any of that, you, come on now. Yep. It's not, a, yep. it's, it's, it's not, let's live out to the telenovela hype. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, sets it up for his buddy, his Rosario Hermano. And that's it. There it is. Uh, Messi puts in the PK. One nil, pretty early, twentieth minute, and um, it, it's just basically more Argentina from there. They, they just pedal to the metal. I got a little worried, twenty seventh minute, when you guys see when Messi goes up and he just absolutely ate dude's shoulder, like square in the nose, square in the face, and he went down pretty hard. I mean, that dude's tough. Let's be real too. Messi, Messi is a tough motherfucker. He really is. He's yeah. You you, you see everybody going after him for like the past again decade or more, and. He's toughened up a lot and, you know, it, it took a few minutes, but he put, put, put some dirt on it. As they say, well, he's ready yeah, to go. Yeah. I mean, you pointed out that 2006, and I think something we, we did, we weren't hundred percent sure, but we kind of guessed that, that the coaches for, so, you know, the Argentinian coaches are all like dudes who are like our age um, and all played with Messi in 2006, all like the head coach yep. and, the, and his three assistants all were on the same, that 2016, which was Messi's first world cup where he barely played He didn't play at all. I don't think he played at all in the group stage and then um, came on in like the knockout rounds or whatever. But, um, like but so they all, so they all knew, you know, obviously I played with Messi, um, you know, not as much as, as, as a lot of other players, but it, 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 it just kind of interesting, kind of fun, fun fact too. Like I saw a picture on the, the pregame show of, of all four of them and Messi in the, in the team picture from t- 2006. Yeah. There, I put up a great shot of he and Scaloni having a, I mean, back then selfies were new, but they were taking one of the brand new these these interesting selfie things together. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'll throw it to one of you guys if you want to go for the next one because it came shortly thereafter, like 15 minutes. So once again, Rosario, Rosario Doblado, Rosario Squared. Here we go. Who wants it? No takers? Dave. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I, I was trying to wrangle uh, my kids at this time, so I was just kind of in and out. But and again, this is, you know, talk about sort of um, serendipitous. Uh, Di Maria, again, is, is the guy. Uh, great buildup. Seven players touch the ball. It's about what about five to ten seconds. Um, Messi again with just you know again another. How the hell did he like know how to make that pass? Um, passes right to uh, Di Maria and he puts it in to give Argentina a two nothing lead. Yeah, I mean I think uh, it was McAllister, Scott, Scottish Irish Argentinian. Oh, McAllister, Alexis McAllister, and McAllister bends the ball perfectly around a defender. To Angel Di Maria. I mean, oh, right, thank you. Here's the, here's the thing, though, is like McAllister had a shot. He could have taken that shot and he decided to go ahead and, and, and square it over to Fideo, who might have been a better <laughs> shot. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that McAllister, <laughs> his dad also played for the national team and actually was teammates with Diego Maradona and Boca Juniors. So. Oh, there you go. Really? So what, what I love about this goal, and I put it in here too, if you watch the slow-mo and see all the triangles and the, like the tiki taka seven players get a single pass on this ball before it finally squirts out but six players, Messi being the seventh, then finally gets it off to Di Maria. So we're talking about seven players in the span of about five seconds, you know, who got Alinda. It's, it was gorgeous. I mean, that's, that's so one of the best team goals in this tournament. It was seen. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm going to correct my correction, but the left footed Messi outsole, no look was to Julian, um, uh, Julian Alvarez. Mm. Okay. And Alvarez hits a diagonal ball up to McAllister, and McAllister does the the bang. Well, I, I don't so blame they, you, man. Because yeah, like I said, every, I was gonna say everybody got a touch. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get lost. I just feel the it. need to correct my correction. <laughs> no, it was I mean, beautiful. We need, we need was, to know. It was really pretty. Was the what build up. I, but I mean, that was that was a great team goal. And at this point, you know, um, it's two nothing, right? France is is not showing up. I think Giroud's only touched the ball once with his head and it was wide. Yeah. Um, Di Maria and- is destroying them. Like, how do you, how do you not, as, as I put in here for Deschamps, like, how do you just miss that? I mean, maybe he wasn't expecting him to play or whatever, but it's just like, yo, you got to make some adjustments on Di Maria. He's just like annihilating that wing. I mean, step overs, yeah. step overs over step overs, back heels, you know, uh, Coives, uh, all the other stuff you can name of, he's, he's yeah. taking them all out and he's breaking people's ankles. And like, for 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 a first time, like you see a, a solid French French team, you know, a, a defensive team, you know, like they have good defenders being tested and they're not responding well. And I think that's, <laughs> you know, uh, and I think that's one of the things that that there was really in it. But again, I think in our group chat at this point. The question that Dave posted to all of us was like, um, "Can <laughs> can Argentina defend for forty five minutes?" Right, right. been here before. Yes, um, <laughs> and we've been here before, and we have proof because the previous what three games they've been able. They don't even need to defend forty; they just can't defend for twenty minutes. And usually, the last twenty minutes that something happens. Right, and and I think it's you know, just like uh, Back to the Future Two, where you grab the. You know, if we would have known this was going to be it, you know, I should have put bets on, the, on, on my prediction for this for this game. I, I 
I would have been able to, you know, make some money off that. But regardless, like, let's talk about the second second half, right? Zuko's gonna go out and like bet the house on Minnesota United match and like end up <laughs> sleeping in my basement. <laughs> yeah, right. Me, me, and me and Bigotes will be hunting yeah. hunting mice. That's right. <laughs> Rodrigo, uh, when you when you stumble upon a sports almanac, you know you know, 20 years from now and then, you know, come back and give Eric Silver Benham and all the, all the dope takes on who he should bet on. Then we'll know something's up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll say before uh, halftime, uh, Didier Deschamps does make two, uh, two changes. Um, Giroud comes off uh, as well as Dembele. It, it, yep. From my understanding is Drew had picked up a slight knock in training before the match. So, I mean, it, he didn't look, he didn't look 100% fit. So my guess is that they were hoping that they would get something out of him. And, and obviously that was a, a huge failure. And obviously he, he's got off. a Gucci commercial, man. Come on. Priority. Yeah, and they have <laughs> took off Dembele, who uh, was the reason for the penalty in the first half. I brought on two attackers, Marcus Duram and uh, Rondo Kolomuani, um, who uh, will uh, be relevant later. So, yeah. But here's another funny thing about Giroud is that apparently he is terrified of Elf. Uh, when he was growing up, so like in an interview that I saw, like someone's asking him, I was like, Are you is it true that you're really terrified of Alf? And then this person throws like an Alf stuffed animal towards him, and he literally just freaks out like a, like a six year old kid who's been scared to death, right? And I like that is the that's one of the things that I love about this part of the world cup is just all these little tidbits that you find out. I can't wait now until someone like when he's playing for his club team, just start throwing Alf's or make it bad. I mean, you know, make a, make a, make a TIFO, just Alf to make sure that he doesn't, you know, I just can't wait for the shithousery to just take over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's jump to that second, second half. I mean, yeah, it was second basically, half. you know, again, early on, pretty much all Argentina uh, until it wasn't. And then yeah. it was, it was big, not Argentina for, for a short <laughs> period there. Yeah, they took Di Maria off in like the uh, 65th, which I thought was kind of a bold move, considering how seeing how dominating he was. Um, and I put in here, maybe French will take advantage of this. Dun dun dun. Wait, are you saying that Acuna is not as good? I mean, at this moment, sure am. Uh, he he did a couple of like, I know what I'm supposed to do when I'm out here. I'm the defensive winger. And he like took people out right before the box. You know, I think he picked up a yellow card at one point. Like yep. he did his job, but yeah, there were they definitely took took advantage of Di Maria not being on the pitch. No, well, I, yep, I mean yep. also France formation sort of switched, right? I mean, like yes. they knew what they were going to do with Mbappe, and Mbappe every time he went down a wing, you know, there were three Argentinian defenders on him, right? So yeah. he had no space to be able to do anything. He sort of moved more into the middle. To be able to create space and to be able to just have space for himself. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that um, that led to the comeback. But in addition, like you guys mentioned, with Di Maria being subbed out, it it it, it didn't give Argentina an outlet of who's getting the ball in a transition, right? Like before that, it was like, we get the ball, we send it to Di Maria, Di Maria will be able to do something to hold it out on the wing till someone comes in. And then we can do that, but with Di Maria gone, you 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 didn't have that offensive option, and no one's no one was stepping up because, of course, you're up to nothing. Right. But knowing Argentina, you know, and its history recently in this World Cup, two nothing means zero zero. 
And I will say too, uh, Deschamps made another uh, double change here. Uh, you know, we, I know we we had mentioned Griezmann being well, you know, sort of being one of the players of the tournament for France up until this match. He was pretty much non-existent in this game. He comes off uh, as well as um, uh, Teo Hernandez and um, Kamavinga and Kingsley Coleman come on. Um, you know, I think they can because Di Maria is off. They can they can make that move too and get even more attacking. Than they had been, which obviously will bode them well here in a few minutes. And that's let's, let's yeah. talk about it, Eric. Seventy eighth minute, uh, exactly what you're saying. Get they finally get a really nice attack going, and Otomendi kind of panics, and ball gets to uh, our our good friend Colomani <laughs> with that great goal in the last match, and he takes him down, takes him down in the box. Pretty obvious again, clear penalty. Um, there it is. A couple minutes later, Mbappe steps up, puts it away. And here we go. The, the the race for Golden Boot is on between Mbappe and Messi. Uh, at this point, with that particular PK, it's tied at six. And game on, because I think we barely like recovered from that goal, and <laughs> it was yeah. time for another. That, yeah, Less like than 90 best... seconds later, um, Mbappe yeah. scores in the um, 80th minute. Uh, this goal was, you know, given the context and everything, possibly the, you know was in the running for goal of the tournament just because Mbappe hits it it's it's a cross um back to him he hits it in he the volley it. while yeah. while falling down um an amazing amazing goal um for Mbappe which gives him a seven on the tournament it was beautiful I mean it's almost, almost like I don't even know what you call it but it's 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 the sweep like a sweep volley I mean it was wait it was, is this when it's tied 2-2 then right yeah Yep. Martinez gets a hand in this one too, but he can do nothing to stop it. And Bapa no. just oh, really D-Bu. just hit the hell out of the ball. Oh, Debu. Yeah. What was so cool about this one too is when the cross came in, um, I can't remember who hit the header, but somebody somebody I kind of headed it. I, I don't know if they it was an intentional head towards him or not. It, it might have been unintentional, but what a heads up play if it wasn't for him to just follow the ball and make that flying sweep slide whatever you want to call it it was it was beautiful beautiful goal and at this point rodrigo has taken over our chat because he did in fact call <laughs> a a 2-2 full time into extra so Parabéns, Peruano. Snaps. I mean, I don't need a bigger ego, you know. Right, right. So I mean again, you know, there there's the sort of moments of of brilliance from argentina in the first half um, more, but the game wasn't super terribly exciting. And then all of a sudden this happens and the last 10 minutes plus extra, you know, plus all the stoppage time of the first half of the, of the, of the game, um, is absolutely just back and forth, just attract it's, me. Yeah. It's like, yep. it's like they just decided, you know what? Fuck it. We're not playing defense anymore. We're just going to run up and down the field and see who scores. Awesome. Whoever hits the ball last is going to win the game. Um, it was because crazy. there was just chance after chance in this, in this last sort of 10, well, tw- I guess 20 with the with all the um, added time, about 20 minutes of, of actual play yeah. before before I extra mean, time. You you can you can refer to this section as okay, hold my beer type yeah. of like moment. Like we're gonna say, oh yeah, and I and I think just overall like France hit hit um, Argentina in the face really bad, and then they had to be able to adjust and figure out things. And when they were started getting comfortable, it was right at the end of regulation time and that really set the the mood for what was going to be and i yeah. i would have loved to be in 
in the locker room to hear what the speech was or whatever the speech was. It probably was for Messi. Just like we've seen video clips. If Netflix can freaking release the uh, the Copa America documentary to U.S. audiences or else I'm literally going to use my VPN to be able to watch this thing. But literally, I'm sure it's the same speech that Messi delivered at the Copa America final. Um, and I mean, this Argentinian team comes out differently. Like hold on, hold on. Energy Before wise. we get there, I wanted to ask how how does Giroud get the yellow? I, I just saw I, I missed oh, what he sense. did, but, he I, but I saw the card. <laughs> uh, yeah, you go ahead, Rodrigo. The, the, it was this. I mean, there's there's images. I haven't seen the video yet, but there's images of him like literally slamming a water bottle on the <laughs> from the sideline. I mean, oh, he, I just he, like, he literally comes onto the pitch. I, I think I think it was Kingsley Coleman got fouled, and and he was. The referee, um, who I thought had a, a really great game. I mean, the dude gave yeah. penalties to both teams, and um, but he, he didn't give the free kick to, to France, and so Giroud came literally charging out of the pitch. It was pretty funny. Yeah, um, but yeah he gets, gets <laughs> I mean, yellow from the bench. So yeah, I mean, how many it. yellows from the bench would we have awesome. in this World Cup? I want to say three with this one, right? At least three, I think. Yellow. I mean, that not 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 and that's players, not even the manager. Yeah, the coach. Right? That's, that's right. right. That's three right. Coach, yeah, at least three. Red, and I think. It, it this makes this makes it unique in a sense. So like, yeah. we have more of that. But I hope we do get more of that because that's usually yeah. what we see in like the Argentinian or Brazilian league, where someone on the bench gets a gets a yellow for just like you know. Yep. As Amy Schumer says, I like to bring my mom to soccer games to show her what boundaries look like. And <laughs> Giroud crossed that boundary. He's not supposed to do that. He's on the bench. He needs to stay on the bench. So that's yeah. what he get. Um, yeah. I also just wanna, right, shortly after that. Um, Argentina gets in the 97th minute, you know, get, gets a blast on, on net. Uh, oh, Julian Alvarez on the wing with a nice, nice pass to uh, substitute Alejandro Gomez. And Gomez lays it off uh, to Messi, who just decides to lateral dribble by two two guys and then hit a screamer. Uh, and yeah. uh, Will Boris get, jumps up and gets a, a, a nice mid on it. Good, Good save. save. Yeah, I mean, I mean that shot. I mean, difficult as it is to make something like that without pulling and growing at my age, um, <laughs> like, like literally, it's like he literally didn't have enough enough space. If he would have had enough space, I'm sure that would have gone to the to either side netting. But the fact that he was able to get that fall and get that get that ball off in that curve, I mean, like, dear lord, I mean that yeah. that was a bullet, and and Loris was just great there to be able to be there, and I think. We were looking. We were looking. We were talking before about Loris having like you know his typical blunders, and we've yet to see one so far. No, and to, to his credit, he did, man. It, he had a he had a stellar tournament. I mean, but for Emmy Martinez and his uh, um, the penalty kick antics, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, uh, might have been <laughs> might have been the uh, the golden the uh, golden gloves winner. But then he would have deprived us of, of a really amazing um, celebration. So. But again, we'll get to we're, we're jumping ahead. We'll get to that. We'll get to that point. Yeah, we can go First there. Half I, mean, extra what, time. I was going to say, what what an impressive comeback, though. I mean, it's yeah. Oh God, yeah. Once again, like this this story and this narrative is just ridiculous. Good. Well, well done, uh, Qatari script writers. I guess <laughs> to, well, to, I, took those millions. Yeah, it's basically a a flashback or a, a poetic rhyme with the Argentina Netherlands game, right? The Argentina goes up, Netherlands comes comes back, um, with 
you know, an amazing set piece play and what else not. They, they, they tie it towards the end of regulation. But yeah, that's, that's my, that is my beef and honor to the script writers that they played the same trick twice on me that they did. Uh, So extra time kicks off. Uh, Not much in the first half, a couple of, of decent opportunities for Argentina um, in the second extra uh, second half of extra time, though, that is when um, the uh, the scriptwriters got really crazy um, because who scores in the 109th minute to take back the golden boot uh, solely based on goals and not uh, he, I believe Messi was still w- leading based on assists, but him and uh, Mbappe would have been tied. But to take it back um, personally is uh, Leo fucking Messi, man, and mm-hmm. you know we'll talk about some of the. This goal, I, I, I was, I couldn't remember. I honestly, man, I was, I was at this point, the uh, Clara had not, wasn't feeling super great. So as she had left and, and gone home with, um, with uh, Anna and Ragnar was at the black card, meeting him. And so I was trying to watch him. So I, I don't even really, I don't even know how this goal happened. So can someone please explain it to me, please, for the love of God. Oh, it was, it was a wild ride. Um, Again, just some really good triangles were made as, as they have been doing the whole match and throughout the entire tournament. Um, Martinez gets the first shot. It's saved. Uh, Messi then hits the rebound. And it happens so fast that I am not. I can't remember the defender that actually gets in there, but it's one of those where um, Loris is, is out. So it's almost like an open goal situation. So defender jumps in the goal to clear the thing and basically block the shot. You guys are probably pulling it up, looking at it. And so initially you're like, oh, man, what a great heads-up play by the defender to get in there and cover for the goalkeeper, which, you know, we've seen stuff like that before. And then immediately, like, all the Argentine guys are, like, screaming at the ref. <laughs> and and I think it's the linesman who actually sees it before they have to do, like, a quick VAR. But he's just like, no, man, that, that ball crossed the line. No, that it was clearly a good, crossed that, the line. Yeah. The French and defender so, was three yeah. yards, about two yards into the net, yeah. And so that ball totally crossed the line. And this is this is the, this is Alturo Martinez, who you know was a starter at the beginning of this tournament, and then got substituted for uh you know for uh, Juanito in a sense, right? For the for the understudy of Man City's uh, Holland, right? I mean, those are, and I think the fact that. There was a heads up play, but the fact that the ball, I mean, this was such a quick, quick thing that like we, we were sitting, my mom was like, is that a goal? And I was like, I yeah, yeah, exactly. Know. It happened, it happened and we're really like, fast. We're like, is that a goal? It's like, did it go over the line? And then Nubia screaming at all of us. It's like, it's over the line. It's over the line. It's like, no way it's over the line. And then we saw the referee point towards the half, meaning that that's a goal. And we're like, no way that's a goal. And then I saw well, the replay. They- I was like, wow. They did a very well. Obviously, I guess that the lines judge was the first one to tell him, and then I think he he you could see him on his little headpiece doing like a VAR that lasted maybe thirty seconds. It did not, considering how long VARs could take. This was a very fast VAR. Yeah, I I looked. I looked it up. It was Upa Makano was the defender who who tried to clear it. Um, and you're right. It was that's that's why I was so confused because I'm like keeping an eye on my kid. All of a sudden, like everybody looks up and like kind of like. Some people made some noise because I think they saw that he gone in, but every every else in the bar was kind of like, "What is going on?" Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when they saw everybody saw the referee point, everybody, uh, you know, all the, there was I mean, there was a few French fans at the black card, I, I will say, but most I say 
a good 75 percent of the, of the people of the crowd at the black eye was supporting argentina and all of a sudden then of I course mean, the bar a bar erupts but again it was like no one knew that the ball crossed. i mean right. had no idea the ball crossed the line I, in in a parallel universe where they call that one back and there's no goal, that probably unleashes the Argentine bench onto the field with just massive violence and tear gas and everything. At that but, point, the, it becomes a corn medal. All the fucking English but, people would be like, "Oh, hand of hand of but, God, right? Yeah, yeah." If you see, <laughs> and I've seen some screenshots, but I haven't confirmed this. At the moment that Messi is kicking that ball in, there is a couple of substitutes that actually have their foot inside over the line because as you remember as he goes and celebrates the wing all of a sudden all the substitutes just 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 go ahead and just hug him Mm. and so like there's been this conversation i was like there that that uh, that the referee should have called uh you know it's an it's an interference if you if you cross into the the field right uh while there's a goal scoring opportunity it's, it's it's nullified Oh. Right. That's that's just one of the rules that, that that there is. But in this case, like, you know, like I totally understand that rule. Like I've unfortunately been, you know, I have players yellow carded for that rule in my in my first season as couple girls assistant head coach. But <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I think, you know, overall, like I understand mm-hmm. that. But I only I only think that's that's that should be analyzed if those players are somehow um, involved in the play or like there's something that goes on to that, but well, the referee didn't call it. The referee yeah. didn't call it and it was a goal. So here we go. You know, the, it's the, the French substitutes. We're going to do the same thing here in a little bit. Um, um, a little, a little too early, uh, unfortunately for them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but literally less than five minutes later, there's another penalty. Um, and uh, again, I don't, I didn't see the penalty. All I saw was, um, Mbappe uh, putting it in the back of the net for uh, taking back the golden bootleg. Yeah, it was it was a handball and it oh was... oh that's okay right the, now, the, the elbow de Mendy. diablo it was, it was you know it's in the hand of God it was the elbow the elbow of the devil yeah um, which was like I was it was like I I understand it because like 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 when you like if you're good if you have your body if you have your hands tucked in as you're trying to make a defensive play and it hits you then it's considered not but like. Literally, like who has a split second timing to be able to say, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna tuck my hands in in this thing. I always thought this rule was kind of stupid because, like, in, in the in the heat of the moment, your hands are not gonna be able to be as fast as your mind thinks it wants to do. And in this situation, that's what happened, you know. There's uh, the ho- so, go ahead. There's the horrible wording in the in the laws of the game of arms in a natural position. Now it doesn't say by your side, which is how all most refs interpret natural position is by your side. Right. When you, when you jump, when you jump, your your arms tend to stay and tend to rise up. Your 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 biceps and your elbows will rise up naturally when you jump. You have to actually think to be in a very unnatural to be like pogo pogo stick hopping, you know, with your your hands by your side. So when he jumped up, his his arm was in a, a very natural position, but it hits his elbow, and his elbow is sticking out from his body, and changes the direction of the ball. Yep. And I and I think if it if it would have ricocheted and gone towards the goal, that might have been a different conversation. But again, like the goal, I mean the refereeing crew for this game, you know, they they were really good. I thought they 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 made some calls, and 
like that's the rule. It's a penalty, right? It's in the box, and that's what it was. And Mbappe, go ahead, someone take over. Mbappe does. <laughs> yeah, so Mbappe uh, puts it in the back of the net again. Um, and then Martinez gets gets very close to saving it. Um, then then this game just gets absolutely batshit crazy for the next five minutes. We, we should um, mention Golden Boot flips again <laughs> back to Mbappe. <laughs> back to Mbappe. Yep, on, on goal scored. Uh, yep. I think this is the, his eighth goal, which again. Eighth that goal. is the, the, the most of the tournament, the most in a tournament, I think, since like 2002, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the last yeah, time. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, With uh, Big Ronaldo, yeah. Fucking, um, this dude is going to pass. Who's is um who's the leader in, for Men's World Cup goals? Is it uh, Muller? Who has it for the German dude, I think. Anyways, MJ. Mbappe is going to pass this. Mbappe is going to pass this guy in the U.S. in like in the group stage next year, next next tournament. Um and then uh, Marta is the all-time World Cup leader. I think she has 17 goals. Mbappe's probably she hit. Mbappe has 12 goals already. Is in a World Cup. This is his second World Cup. That dude's probably going to pass uh, Marta in the next World Cup, assuming the, the French make a, a relatively deep run, because um, he's on 12 right now. So it's absolutely crazy how 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 good Mbappe is, and and you know you make everybody make game plans for Mbappe. Um, it, it didn't matter. He still scored. 12. Eight fucking goals in this tournament. Six, six in the knockout round. By the I way, keep forgetting he's only twenty three. I mean, man, yeah. he's still got like potentially three, maybe even four World Cups, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and then, I mean, towards the end of of extra time, if I'm not correct, Mbappe beats like four defenders, and then the fifth one gets him. You know, like taps the ball away from. Him. Yeah, just... we'll say. So there's, yeah, that was that. There's a, a really great opportunity with a, a French header. Uh, in the hundred and twenty second minute. Um, oh wow! Just that one, an, oh. an amazing sequence. Um, yes, oh. yes. Emil Martinez just comes out, makes orgasm here on air. He makes the save, save of the tournament on, like, you know, possibly the save of the tournament right there, right? Like he just oh. he sticks his leg out. I'm not sure. I watch. I've watched that one several times as a goalkeeper. I don't know oh. how he managed to get his leg out and keep it as sort of like, um, use the phrase erect as he did. To, defend, to deny uh, France an open goal. Um, yeah. And then the ball just it tears down the other end of the pitch. And yep. not immediately. What, ten, ten seconds later, there's a uh, Latour La Martinez has another another opportunity that is um, just goes just wide. Fly. Just an yeah. absolute uh, <laughs> end to end. That whole thing was like me. 20 seconds. <laughs> That's look, insane. Look, at, this, if, at this freaking even point. 20 seconds. Yeah, at if this even. freaking point, I'm like literally going up the stairs to just Double my anxiety medicine. <laughs> There's Rodrigo just opens the Xanax and starts pounding. Ah! Dude, I totally was like, I'm like, I can't do this. I was like, I gotta go upstairs. And like, my, you know what's funny? I, I think he listened, so I'm not gonna say his name. But my other Peruvian friend actually stopped watching the match for the same reason. <laughs> the anxiety was too high. It's like, was, it's like his wife said he was just looking out the window at the snow, and I'm like, that's interesting because I know another Peruvian. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and, and, and like literally, like, like one of the funniest things about this whole uh, World Cup final is that my mom was able to make it, and my mom always asks, um, "What are the kids? What are the kids want for Christmas?" Right? And she's always said, "I always say, bring them Peruvian jerseys, right? Bring them Peruvian jerseys, right?" And because I, you know, we talked about this on Minnesota football show for sure. And the Minnesota football days, we're talking about it now, is the fact that I want to oversaturate the amount of Peruvian kits they have, so it 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 um it just 
oversaturates the Mexican kids they have in his household. Uh, and that way they'll be like, they're much easier to be, to, it's about, it's not so much about quantity, but it's more about quality. I mean, quantity, not quality. So like they have more Peruvian jerseys, they're more than likely to wear them more than they would have any Mexican jerseys, right? Um, but all my kids wanted were messy, messy, messy kids, <laughs> right? And my mom was coming, like my mom was supposed to come Thursday, but knowing the, uh, uh, you know, if we ever go and dive into a political soccer related uh, episode, you know, we can talk about Peru's political, but political turmoil that was going on in Peru was um, somewhat affected this, this her arrival. But she arrives, right? She arrives on Friday, but her bags don't arrive. Oh, no. Guess, guess what? Guess what's in the bags? The, the presents for the kids, right? Uh... right? And then so Saturday, right before the game, the bag, uh, the I get a notification on my phone that they're delivering the baggage to my parents' house. So I tell my mom. My mom calls me on WhatsApp because apparently she can't pick up a landline phone that they have because it's one of the few houses I ever know that has a landline, <laughs> but can't call me on the landline. Decides to call me on WhatsApp because apparently that's the that's the thing to do. She calls me. And she's like, "Hey, I have a, I have a thing." It's like, I was like, "What's the point of me ha- having these jerseys if they can't wear them before the World Cup final?" And I was like, "All right, well, fine, you know." And um, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So I pick her up. I'm picking. I pick up Issa from her last day. Her boyfriend left, so she's feeling sad. So I'm like driving like eight o'clock in the morning, picking up people. All right, I pick up my mom, and as soon as my mom walks in, she gives out the jerseys, and I literally every single kid. Like Santi, Isa, and G, like literally have like jaw dropping moments where like you know this is like oh my god I can't believe he got me this and they're really nice kids right I mean I mean you know they're they're really nice uh, pirated kits me and me and Eric know so well but they're really nice <laughs> so it's like I tell him it's like you can't watch this you can't watch it I was like why it's like it's going up. <laughs> You're right. Wash, it's all gonna fade out. So just, <laughs> just wear it until it dies. Just, just wear it until like you got purple, yellow stains all the way through the jersey. The the white is no longer white, but turns some sort of purple. That's when we <laughs> get you a new one. But you know, yep. and so like they were wearing the whole time, and I was like, that was just like the, the the amount of um, craziness at this point. And I was like, my mother is literally the reason that I'm passionate about soccer. A lot of people always ask me, where do I pick it up? People say, oh, it must be your dad. My dad played, but my mom literally is like the fanatic, the the person that will call me up during Peruvian national teams games and like on WhatsApp and just let me listen to the game. Uh, you know, if I can't, if I can't hear it, right. If I can't watch it. And so this woman is literally losing her shit. On my couch, she's crying. <laughs> she's literally like, you know, she's like holding her head. She goes, okay, we're going to lose in penalties. I can't believe this thing. No, no. It's like watching this whole thing, watching my kids go through it, watching my wife go through it, watching my mom goes through it. It's like, that is why I went up. And I was like, I took <laughs> I, I took an extra, I took an extra Xanax as, 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 as that. If, if I had gummies, I would have taken gummies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have been like, you know what? I just need to be able to enjoy it and just take this is one magical trip of acid. Probably. Your, P- right. your PK experience would have lasted another hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I would have uh, called you up uh, crying and been like, you know, that's what I would have done. <laughs> cool. All right, Go ahead, Dave. This is a great opportunity for actually for one final shout out for our friends over at Podium. We're speaking of kits and anxiety um, and uh, and shitty kits. These are not shitty kits. Podium wear with the, the stuff that they make. Um, really great quality stuff that will last you a long time. You can actually put through the wash. I remember my first ever Liverpool kit that someone bought for me uh, was the same thing, Rodrigo. I, I, uh, I didn't realize it was a kind of a knockoff kit and put in the wash the first time. And, and it was, uh, yeah, we'll say it was in pieces afterwards. So if you want a good, uh, awesome shirt, uh, jersey uh, combo, um, that's not going to, it's going to last you for a long time. You will be able to wash. Uh, you'll be able to wear. Um, Rodrigo's showing, holding up his Blackheart one right now. Um, it's, uh, yeah, those were, um, yeah, May 2008. So over four years ago now. So like brand new. Uh, check out Podiumware, uh, podiumware.com. You can reach out to Brian. He's their soccer-specific um, rep. Uh, you can re- give him a call at 651-895-4559 or give him, shoot him an email, uh, brian at podiumware.com. He'll help you up. He'll get you set up uh, with your team uh, or uh, your group of, of players or whatever. Um, make it super easy for you. They're going to give you a really cool locally made design. Everything will be made here locally. So, yeah, brian at podiumware.com. Um, and thanks again, huge thanks to Podiumware for sponsoring yeah, no, uh, these podcasts. Um, so yeah. Call them. They will save you from kit anxiety. <laughs> yes. yes, totally. Yes. Kit anxiety. I can't wait exactly. to like, try to come up with like, you know, if we ever decide to, to, to venture into another uh, Voltron type of thing, we should totally talk about creating a kit through Podiumware and just, just, just figure it out. But I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to just, their, their kids, you know, that kit is from when the Dabes were able to defeat the 55-1 pod and in, in, in the only futsal tournament that ever played. And I don't know if we're ever going to play another one because nobody seems to be healthy enough or, or or have time enough to be able to do that. And Minnesota Football Show played on that too. And, like, you know, I mean, I mean we even had um, – I mean, there were so many ringers in this freaking tournament. Like, <laughs> It was just like unfair to be able to watch it at all. But overall, just overall, a great experience. I think. Yeah, I've always we'll, had. We'll we'll do that again. I think. Or so, yeah. I think we should do a tour. It's not just it's not the actual. Like we should just try and get a bunch of, of the of the podcast co-hosts and things, and just people who like listen to the podcast all together and do like go. a hat tournament or something. So we'll try and figure yeah. that out. Uh, all right, well, let's let's jump in then. What's the penalties? Um, uh, we got an answer though. By, by the way, going back to to the men's World Cup goals, it's uh, Miroslav Klose that Rodrigo okay. put in there. Sixteen. Okay. He'll be he'll beat that for sure. And 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 Marta has seventeen. Yeah. yeah. So he so, he'll probably overtake them both in the in the next World Cup at that in the United States. So but currently yeah. currently Mbappe sits at number six. Yeah. Twelve, I think. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, Mbappe's got at least what. Three more World Cups? At so. least yeah. three, maybe at, four. At least three, <laughs> maybe four, right? Exactly. But, I so. mean, Bananas. when he's 40 and he's, you know, not as fast as that, he'll still be faster than other people. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So this, so, this match goes to penalties. It's the um, second penalty uh, shootout since – or the, the first one since 1994, correct? Um, correct. The, th- I think was it three of the last four have gone to extra time. But they've been decided an extra time yeah. or whatever. But this is so first totally one since 1994. For those that remember my history lesson from last episode, this means that the 2022 World Cup sets the record for most penalty kick shootouts at five. There are a bunch with four, but this is the only one with five. 
Well, and also, once again, I mean, 94 is very much tattooed in my head because I was in Brazil for that one, for both of them. But there again, you had a, a Comebol versus UEFA. So here we go again. Yeah, and I think another thing to talk about is, too, is 1994 was key for a lot of us because for me being in the United States it was the first time that I actually seen soccer fully televised unless like I was watching Fox Sports at 6 a.m. in the morning to watch the Bundesliga for like an hour only right. like it was one of the first times that, that that football was televised and it was just one of those things that I just just um, you know took over the nation for at least you know the amount of time that it was here. Go ahead, Dave. We're ready. Yeah. So let's 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 we can walk through um, you know penalty by penalty. It's pretty pretty simple. Um, so Mbappe. So France uh, goes first. Uh, Mbappe puts his in. He's that's three penalties in this game, um, and he scores all three of them. So pretty pretty amazing uh, for Mbappe. Messi steps up and takes his. Uh, he. I'm not sure if he was he trying to do what he did or did he kind of know. shake it a little that, bit because it, that is a good question. It's it's he, a he, it's very weak. Just, <laughs> it was very weak. He did roll it straight down the middle, but he he more or less rolled it straight down the middle. Um, it almost like <laughs> Luis almost was able to like stop and then make the turn around and make the save on it, but um, unfortunately he's not. Regardless, and, uh, like it's yeah. like we t- we talk about penalty kicks and we talk about um you know but like having witness and penalty kicks. Like from a player's perspective and a and a coach's perspective, it's like that is the most like nerve wracking scenario that you can begin. Like the amount of pressure that you have upon the player is immense, and the fact that Messi doesn't even look at the goalkeeper and he's just like, "Here, try to yeah. catch this." I think that's. <laughs> just... I think Rodrigo's onto it. I think I think he's playing mind games. He's like, "I can do whatever I want. You're not going to get this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and then so then there's some <laughs> Emmy Martinez, uh, who I'll point out um, was sitting in in Russia um, in 2018 or no, not not Russia 2014 in the um, in the final. Uh, he was there and crying in the stands basically when you know when Argentina lost to yeah. was it that was Germany. Um, and obviously, you know, just a dude who's played you know been a um, a journeyman basically for all of his time in in England um, just with absolute shit house in both Netherlands and in these uh, PKs, uh, he steps up and um, makes a save on Kingsley Coleman, who is the second uh, French player to take a penalty, which gives, you know, advantage to Argentina. Yep. I mean, and, and Eric and I are, are, are no, are no strangers to Debu penalty kick antics from the previous <laughs> Copa America. <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. He'd uh, have like whole conversations with the ref. And the, the whoever was taking the PK is just like wow, not just getting in their head, but like you're you're gonna listen to my 15 minute TED talk right now. <laughs> yep. And he was Amazing. doing that. I mean, he was throwing the ball away, not giving it to the ref, and he was like, you know, it's like there's there's whatever it, you know the 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 saying is in and usually is in love and war, anything is fair, but in 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 love and football, anything is better. In this sense, yeah, I I think I think Coleman was the one that he tossed, or was it maybe it was the, maybe it was the third penalty? Maybe it was too many. This one he just tossed, but yeah, he just all of a sudden just tosses the ball. Um, Paulo Diabala, who who came on in the second half, um, steps up. Or he, Twenty-nine he came year on old. In, yeah, he Roma came up in, Yeah, I think he came actually on in extra time, um, basically just to take a penalty. He steps up and scores, giving France the or sorry, even Argentina the lead. Uh, two to That's one. That's a gorgeous man, by the way. I don't know what it is about his face, but that is one gorgeous man. 
Yeah. Which one is that? Who's that? Dybala. Oh, Dybala. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in the Chuamene is the one where Martinez picks up the ball and just tosses it away. Uh, gets a yellow card for his efforts, by the way, for the awesome. after he'd been, you know, talking shit for basically the last three uh, penalty takers. Yep. Um, and Chuamene steps up and, and misses the ball. It misses it. He goes uh, uh, left of the post. Um, Martinez, obviously, you know, the shithousery works. He got his head. And it's just down to Mr. Uh, Paredes. Yep. The uh, w- weight of the entire nation and <laughs> a lot of the world on his shoulders and yeah. puts it in. Paredes, yeah, Paredes hits it. He scores. Uh, Kolo Munai comes up, steps up, and to give, keep, our, keep France alive. Um, you know, the kid who scored that so scored in the semifinal, drew the yes. foul, the first foul in, the, in, the, the, in this match. He steps up and calmly, very calmly, I should add, um, you know, hits his. And then it's, um, in, again, this is just the, the narrative writers um, doing maybe a little too much. This is, like, even too perfect. Who steps up? But uh, Montiel, the guy who gave away the uh, equalizing penalty in, right. uh, in extra time, steps up, and he calmly hits his, and it's, uh, it's Argentina wins the, wins the World Cup. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the best perspective, because they were not – the cameras were so much on the goal that, you know, it was a second or third camera that actually caught Messi. And I saw that much later, like his reaction was like, he just drops to his knees and just gets, you know, five or six players jump on him. Like what, yeah, what are, what a moment. I mean, and, and speaking man. of moments, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and uh, um, I-, I wanted to see what you guys' live reaction would be to something like this. So like, there is a and I, and it's been shared around the world uh, now and it's been talked to in the pundits to all the pundits you can you can frequently hear, but to hear um Andres Cantor oh my god i yeah i, cried, <laughs> I was literally i, I was so i was let's, worried so let's listen to it let's listen to it it's only 43 <laughs> seconds yeah, and then we'll please. talk about the reaction to this so go ahead let me see if you give me a thumbs up if you can hear it when we go on all right This continues for a solid 10 more minutes, by the way. And I, I, I was seriously worried that dude was going to have a heart attack and that was going to be it, which he probably would have been okay with. Just like, you know what? If this is the way I'm going to go, perfect. <laughs> right. well, and, and, and I think that that's, that's the thing, too, is like Andres Cantor, like for me, like 1994 World Cup was my introduction to Andres Cantor, right? And when, when, when he was, you know, he was known as the goal guy, right? He's been on so many SNL skits into uh, uh, and nighttime TV shows as being the Simpsons, man. Guy. He's been on the Simpsons. He's been on That's everything, right. right? He's become literally an icon for not only at that point, Univision, but now Telemundo to be able to, to do that. And if for now on, like, seriously, like if you are watching any like World Cup, Copa America, anything, and you're not watching the Telemundo play-by-play, you really do have to service to yourself. Cause, cause yeah, let's even if, even if you don't Fox, understand Spanish. Just, yeah, just, Fox, <laughs> Fox is Fox. Sucks. 
Fox yeah, sucks you. totally. Like yes. it's the most boring, boring. It's, it's like literally like you know, drinking Bud Light in a sense, right? It's like drinking Bud Light. It's literally the most boring thing you can be listening to. Like, like if you want to feel, and we talk about passion, and we talk about, we talk about feeling, we talk about how much football means to people, right, and how it affects the has our nations. Andres Cantor literally just 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 said that, right? And I remember, yep. um, I, I think his his son Nico tweeted out something as the answer was like, you know, I remember my dad when he when he how happy he was in, in 1986, right? And then uh, and now I'll, I'll let MJ go ahead and, and and take over from that. Go ahead, MJ. My dad would take me to school singing Boca chants in the car, swapping out Boca for Nico. I've seen him cry when he couldn't come to our graduations and birthdays, shedding tears together today for Argentina. It feels like it's come full circle. Beautiful day. Te amo. For, for listeners that don't know, uh, Cantor is Argentine. His, his parents actually uh, were from Hungary, immigrated during the Nazi occupation, got out of there like right before it got really bad, um, immigrated to Argentina. He was born in Argentina. He comes to the U.S. I think it did. He come as a teenager. I mean, he he didn't spend yeah. a lot of time in Argentina. Yeah, he came so as he a teenager, here. and then I don't know how he finds his way into sports in the aspect sure of commentator. Either. But like um, literally, his mother was like, Romanian. Yeah, um, and his his father was from Poland. Oh, and, well, did they end up in Hungary? I thought Hungary pl- played a part of the story. Maybe not. Maybe it's Romania. I'm thinking of. Um, either way, Nazis bad. They in, got out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Story. He, um, sorry. Go ahead, he, MJ. He attended uh, high school in Southern California. Okay. So, by high school, he, yeah. was, he was here in the U.S. He I holds mean, dual as, citizenship for Argentina and the United States. Well, I mean, right? I don't. I don't think you, as an as an immigrant, like literally, like first generation immigrant. I don't think you can let go of that. That and that's a different conversation. We can talk about that because, like, I have, I have, I have feelings about that, but we can talk about that some other time, maybe. But I think. Um, Andres Cantor, like uh, after cementing himself as the voice of soccer, uh, calling and goals and all the other stuff, like he literally is also a nice, nice person. Like he's invited, you know, the U.S. national team uh, when he's here for them over for dinner. Like I remember seeing a, a, a Univision, a Univision or a Telemundo, just a news story about how he literally created his own studio like five blocks from his house that he walks through every day where all the game feeds are in is like a studio and he gets to call them from there i was like holy cow i was like you know that's 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 crazy but like also i was like i'm jealous because like how much would i be just to walk five blocks to my work just to be able to watch soccer and talk about soccer all day i mean that i mean we're currently doing that but you know yeah yeah i'll say that that little clip too like you look if you if you squint a little bit, I I kind of want John Lithgow to play him in the uh, in the biopic. That's that's a that's a good casting call. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, it would be pretty amazing, or or whatever whatever movie they make about this World Cup to- tournament totally, um, which I think they should, especially like John Lithgow as the as the Andre Cantor Andre Cantor um, would be kind I of pretty I mean, spot I mean on. who gets the rights? Is it Netflix? Is it HBO? It, it'll be obscure. It'll be like. 
I don't know. I don't even know don't what the weird so. I mean, ruins like, are now. Like, yeah. If you watch, if you watch the goal series, right? Like, and, and as a Newcastle, Qatar fan, will start their own streaming service, and that's probably. where it will be. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that should be some bonus content as we as we sit down and we write the uh, we write the script for the movie and we cast it yeah. and everything and and that has um, a bonus content. So. Anyways, so anyway, yeah. back, back to the match. Yeah, we and, get the party, we get the celebrations, we get the all the footage from Buenos Aires, just absolutely. So I, I remember biking around the Plaza and the Obelisco and everything there, and just to see like millions, like no exaggeration, probably two or three million people out in the middle of the Plaza and around the the Obelisk was, oh man, I, it, it brings me back because like ninety four two thousand two, like I, I was in Goiás, so it's a little bit different, but I remember seeing the streets of like Rio and Sao Paulo and just like just humans everywhere. Like you couldn't even move and, and to see Buenos Aires get to have that moment too is, is beautiful. It's very special. Yeah. I mean, who, I don't, I don't know where the tweet came from or the video came from, but the drone footage. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Gonna, that was, I was like, I was like amazing. I was like, it's great. I was like, when, when you have people celebrating on top of telephone poles, <laughs> Or like That's a real Philadelphia of, shit right there. Yeah, it's exactly. Oh, yeah. You're, you're like you reach a whole different level of of, of shithousery celebration. It's like when you have four or five people climbing up a like a like a lamppost or like a light post or whatever, and like you know that at any second that thing's just gonna fall right over. It's like that that is it. And I think um, um I've also I'm a, I'm I, I follow uh, Yami Rodriguez. Um, on on Instagram, who's uh, an Argentinian uh, women's uh, national team like star, and a place for Boca Juniors as well too. And like having follow what they were doing and everything else, it was just it's just amazing. Like we like you've all I've only seen like I've I I was what eight or maybe nine in '86, right? And I remember some of the happenings, but I don't. And I remember watching parts of the games but i don't remember a lot of it and being able to see this and and have the the technology be able to witness a lot of this stuff it's just it's just dumbfounding to me that's a yeah. good point that it, it gets out what i was going to say too is for listeners that and for you guys too but especially for listeners just to give a little bit of a sociopolitical context right now argentina are in a bad state right now inflation is way high uh Kirshner, the vice president, was indicted on corruption charges, massive political mess, as tends to be the case. It's it's nothing new. Right. But like, but people are suffering. Like it is it is a shit town, basically, the entire country. Right. I mean, they're, so they're, they're get... trying to take they're trying to take the 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 cake from Peru at this current moment. <laughs> well, P- Peru might be edging them out a little bit right now, but yeah. there's there's but there's definitely po- a good race going on. In history, let's remember that Argentina <laughs> Because it's put it into rap songs. Uh, Argentina had a period in when they had like five presidents. And I was there. Like 11 I was there. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was there. So I, I was I was living in Brazil when it was going on. And then when I went to Argentina, I got to experience one of the flips in like two weeks. So, <laughs> like, so like as, as much as, you know, January 6th is a big deal, like in the United States, right? Like, like imagine having five presidents in the expanse of 11 days. That's all I got to yeah. say. It was insane. You say eleven days. It was something like that. It, it might have been a couple eleven months, days to two weeks. Yeah, but it was it was insane. Damn. It was bananas. Uh, yeah, Rodrigo Peru has had six presidents in six years. 
<laughs> oh, did you not see my tweet about this? Because I totally <laughs> tweeted about this. Let's, 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 let's not pile on Rodrigo. Let's let's focus yeah, on our yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, listen. My tweet said, ever since 2016, which is Ollanta Humala's presidency, the average presidency from 2016, that's about a little bit over 1.25 years. That's literally <laughs> yeah. what you're looking at. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but better than five and 11 days. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. That's that is so anyway, the point, the point of that was they, the, the entire nation gets a little bit of respite and gets to like yeah. celebrate and just forget about all the bullshit for probably a week. Let's be honest, because they're still partying. <laughs> so there, I mean, no that's the way it was in Brazil. Up. Well, no, in, in Brazil, I remember in, in, in I don't remember 2002 as much, but I specifically remember 94 after the fourth day, the president actually went on TV. This was Cardoso at the time. He's just like guys please go back to work like and he actually showed the gdp drop because nobody was doing anything it's like we we have just enough like prepared for carnival so you guys can like party for carnival we can't do two carnivals That's so anyway, awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> i can't wait i hope someone gets footage because then you know that's going to happen like no one's gonna show up today no one's gonna show up tomorrow literally yep. if anyone shows up before before navidad or christmas uh, I, I literally don't know what's going to happen because, like, yeah, the the Argentinian players that are playing the EPL are not coming back until after the new year for sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, so a couple other moments. Um. The Emmy Martinez getting the Golden Glove winner and then using it like he was jerking off was fucking amazing. Right, oh right God, in front yes. of the Amir was fucking classic. Well, and, 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 and such like a, a cherry on top of all the but, the penis everything in this world cup i mean yes. it, it was just like the perfect ending of it all but i, I think that, that's that's typical debu right like yeah debu, debu that's that's how he's been and then like you know honestly like we've talked about how like he's a journeyman uh and is played literally anywhere and anywhere but like here's the thing that i've always said like if you win if if, if you can't handle the celebration then you should have beat them that's all i'm saying yeah so oh listen man i'm not kidding I, I think it's fucking great it's awesome <laughs> like, no it's, it's literally favor like me and uh, me and uh minneapolis city coach matt matt uh we were just going back and forth because he's like oh this is great i was like oh i found a better angle and he was like oh my god i love this thing to the to to, to, to the tenth to the tenth power because it was like the fact that he did that and the fact that you know he did that at this stage people were like talking so bad about it and it's like he, it's, it's not it's like look you can tell him all you want, but he's allowed to celebrate however he wants because he literally just did the impossible. He became from a nobody to literally winning, winning the the literally the golden the golden boot of of being a goalkeeper at a World Cup. Yeah. Well, and the flex too to be like, oh, this is one of your most po powerful politicians. Let's go yeah. <laughs> right in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, obviously, we you know, mentioned Mbappe. He won the golden the golden uh, golden boot. You did. Um, Congrats, second ever man. World Cup hat trick. Uh, but it's the first time I've ever been of the loser of the of the match uh, when mm -hmm. he when he gets a hat trick. You guys know who uh, what? Probably don't know the name of the player, but you guys know what team is the only other team to get a World Cup hat trick or hat trick in the oh, in the no. final of the World Cup? Was it Brazil? I, don't, I thought it was. Brazil. I don't think it was Brazil. No. Then it has to it's be Germany. Then England, nineteen sixty six. Who? Wow. Yeah. Jeff Which Hines. player? Jeff Hines, okay. Sir Jeff Hines. Hines. Yep. Anything else from this particular match um, that we want to highlight? It was it was just man, 
like you say, the narrative and the I mean, it, it was so beautiful to see Messi up there, like actually the last one in line receiving the trophy and uh, a, a lot of the different um, newscasts and, and outlets out there at, did the, did that great juxtaposition of him from 2006, like staring at it, just being like, I'm coming for you. And then put it right next to him, actually getting it this past Sunday, which was just beautiful. And then I mean, some people really get determination, <laughs> never let your dreams die. I was like, all right, we're turning it into like a, a corporate <laughs> manifesto thing now, but yeah, it, it, did, it didn't need any kind of like written context just to put those two photos together and show that, you know, he knew he wasn't done. Like he had a plan and that was coming home. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like, like at that time in our, in our household, when we knew Argentina had won it after uh, the last penalty kick, like, like literally like my mom was crying. Issa watch was crying. G was crying. Nubia was crying. Santi was literally jumping up and down all over the house. I mean, I was like, Besides myself, because like I've never been that excited since like Peru actually qualified to the World Cup, and let's this juxtapose that. I mean, Peru, it took Peru thirty six years to to qualify to a World Cup, and it took Argentina thirty six years to win another World Cup. Yeah, um, and and so you know thirty, and, and you know you can throw in Canada, and it was it. Canada hadn't qualified for World Cup in thirty six years or thirty six. Um, if you're all playing um, Lotto or you're playing Powerball, just make sure 36 is someone in there. You, <laughs> it, it might just bring you that luck that you need. But overall, like, like I think for me personally, like having my family there, um, you know, we all hugged. We all had a huddle hug and everyone was crying. My mom was crying and having specifically my mom there because like, her being, you know, just the the catalyst for my my appreciation and my fanatic for football is is just, you know, that's one of the first things she asked was like, when I get there, it's like I don't want to, I want to watch the final with you guys, uh, and and to be there, and and to be able to share that moment, I think it was, is one of the things I'll never forget, and I think this is one of these moments where like everyone's gonna be like, where were you in the 2022 World Cup final? Like, where were you? You're going to remember when this happened if you watched it. And I think that's one of the things that 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 is one of the one of the few highlights from this World Cup. There's other things that we could that, that we should talk about um, specifically, like, for example, that in this in the stadium that they finally played on, there were three you know immigrant workers that died building the stadium. And we can talk about all this different stuff that needs to be talked about. We talk about, um, you know, how for Grant Wall, who um, chose that. Argentina was his adopted nation, like how much this might have meant to him and how much that he would have been great at, at doing this. But there's, you, you can't talk about football. You can't talk about soccer and without having to talk about the reflection of, of life into it. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of things that people get wrong is or don't understand is how soccer, football, however you want to refer to it, like it's a representation of like of like life and moment it's like a, it's like a time capsule of that and i think whether you know whether you you're whether you are at a moment in in time where like you get to enjoy the joy and you get to enjoy the pain and sorrow it is literally the two worlds 
you know, the two most human things to do is the sorrow and, and, and joy. And I think to be able to have me forget about whatever else is going on for 120 minutes, sometimes it's 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 the best medicine. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. MJ, any anything else that you that we forgot to mention about this game? No, I just I really like the, the fact that Sergio Aguero was out being a, a hooligan, if you will, or a, a right. band, lead, band leader. He's banging on the bass drum out there. Um, and I just wanted to, sh- there was some, you know, sarc- uh, not sarcastic, uh, somewhat of uh, John Terry being John fucking Terry saying, you know, if you're going to put your kid on and pretend like you played in a game, you got to go full wanker and, you know, at least put the right color socks and, and put some shin pads on or something like that. And, you know, so he's out there in trainers, not boots. And he's out, he's out there with black socks and black, uh, shorts when everyone else had white socks and white shorts on. And I'm like, no, that's Sujiro Aguero. He's going to be chill, relaxed. He doesn't care if things ma- match. He's not there to pretend like he just played a game. He's wearing a kit because he's supporting his country. Yeah. You know, he's wearing the kit for Higuain. He's wearing the kit for Carlos Tevez. He's, you know, he, he's out there representing the the players of that generation that came close and didn't make it. Yep, for the one chopas of the world, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I think the uh, the English former soccer players should stop talking about the uh, comma bowl teams and players. Honestly, probably a good a good you know first point there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and for those that don't know, you know, was it a, a Europa or a Champions League final that it was Dante champion? Was- it was a Champions League final, I think. So he, yeah, he, he was he was suspended. He couldn't play in it, and then he yeah. he. Gets out of his street clothes and, and comes out in full kit. Yeah. Uh because uh, I mean, hosting the trophy in, in street clothes is not as cool. So look, look, listening to John Terry is like is like watching uh Tucker Carlson on Fox. You're literally Yeah, yeah. It, really. It's the like, same you energy. Don't, you don't care, same you don't energy. listen. That's the way it should be. Yeah. yeah. So. Right on. Uh cool. Well, our we think again, um, Pence Homes, our you know, our second uh, sponsor of the World Cup podcast. Um, again, you know, it's been super awesome having them. If you have any questions about buying a home um, in a particular time frame, when might be the best time to sell uh, your house or buy a new house or buy a second house, um, give Nate uh, and his team a call, uh, 612-308-1122, um, or visit them uh, at PenceHomes.com. They, you know, like I said, they, we, we've talked about it many times. Um, super responsive, um, very knowledgeable, have lots of, you have a question about buying a home or anything home related, they can find an answer for you. Cool. Well, let's jump in now and talk um, a little briefly here, maybe about some of our, our World Cup highlights. Um, obviously, you know, Rodrigo mentioned that you have this, there's lots of, you know, stuff that happened, that was happening around and before and, and during this tournament, obviously um, there's a, a, a guy who died at a resort, um, I believe in Saudi Arabia was working as a world cup resort. Um, obviously we talked about their grant wall and the other journalists passing away. So there's lots of, you know, shitty stuff off the field, but there was some pretty amazing stuff on the field. So do you guys want to highlight, you know, one or two things or three or four, honestly, uh, the things that you're going to remember from this world cup from, you know, on and or near the pitch, let's put it that way on and or near the pitch. What's the matter, Dave? Some... You don't want to start with everything you got there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll start with it. Penis goals, man. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm going to remember from this tournament. Uh, Christian Pulisic, Pulisic got one. Um, Mbappe got one. I believe there was the, uh, the Japanese, one of the Japanese players got one. There was at least three, or three. Um, penis goals, we're going to call them, or, or maybe let's call them pelvic 
pelvic uh, contusion goals or whatever you want to call them. But there was a lot of dick uh, in this tournament, guys. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. For, <laughs> For a tur- I mean, it, it, it makes it sense. It's the, the right World side Cup tournament, of, so you assume there's going to be a lot of dick. Right would, you say they, would you say they stood out? <laughs> they were, were, were they growers or showers? I they were definitely the they were definitely uh, showers. That's for that's for damn sure. So, um, <laughs> what else? What else, guys? What else you got besides the you know? Oh man, it, it's phallic. just the the unpredictability of this whole thing. Like uh, Japan doing everything Japan did, taking out. Uh, all all the teams in the group, and then and then Spain and Portugal, uh, the the Saudi win over Argentina. I mean, who saw that coming? Morocco in general, being Morocco, the the failure of you know two teams I picked to go deep, uh, Belgium and and Denmark, and kind of UEFA in general, just crapping the bed and and kind of getting to see the rise of of, of these other teams from these other confederations is was awesome highly unpredictable and you know it it melted my my bracket and then lit it on fire and and tore it up and melted it again but it, it made it that much fun to watch it was, it was for me uh the the three goalkeepers both in in penalty kicks or otherwise uh in the run of play maybe especially uh lavakovic yasin Bonu, uh lavakovic for croatia obviously yasin Bonu for morocco and emiliano uh golden glove winner Martinez for Argentina. Uh, those three were not household names for me before this World Cup. I did, I did not watch a lot of Aston Villa and um, and so on. So I did not know who those guys were. I don't watch a lot of Dinamo Zagreb, so I didn't know who Lovakovic was. Um, they were as a former goalkeeper for other sports like hockey and broomball things. Uh, it, it was just really fun to see them make the saves that they did. I think go. for me, um, like just just overall, like a you know, like just like 10, 15 minutes of each of a lot of matches were like literally what made this this uh this World Cup so, so entertaining in a sense and so chaotic in a sense. And I think for me the thing that I enjoy a lot was like chaos. Like I love chaos because it doesn't it's 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 like to me, it's like Duende. Like, if you ever, anyone ever heard of uh, uh, Yorka, like, he embraces Duende. Duende is, is, is this thing that just makes things go bigger or smaller. You got to give it a little breathe. And the fact that there was a lot of Duende in this World Cup was literally, like, my uh, my favorite thing. Like, you never knew what uh, who was going to win because it was proven in this World Cup that rankings don't matter. Uh just who shows up at the game and who wants it more. And I think for, as a coach, for me, that's that's literally the way I, I try to say. Like, I can I can care less if we've lost to a team six, seven times. But it's it's about that one time. It's about this time right now in the pitch and how we decide to handle it and how we trust each other on that field. And I think that was literally the chaotic thing about this was was that. And and the amazing uh, coaching that, that happened, the coaching decisions that happened from the France final and the final where, where – uh, the French coach was able to make these substitutions in it to the Japanese coach that was able to make the substitutions to be able to do. I mean, the Moroccan coach, I mean, like there was literally like, like, like all the other teams that did not, I mean, all the vacancies that there are currently in, in the world for national teams. Like there's, there's, there's a lot to, to pick from and a lot to be hopeful for and lots of money to be spent. That's right. <clears throat> um, any, so what was the what was the goal of the tournament 
Um, is it, you know, does one of the Richarlison ones take it? Does that Mbappe uh, uh, second goal um, in the, this game, which was an amazing goal with considering the circumstances, or is it the uh, almost goal, the Moroccan uh, overhead bike that was almost <laughs> the goal of the tournament? Um, but for I mean, me, but for you're, you're comparing three similar girl, three similar goals, and the one actually pulled it off. So you kind of have to give it to Richarlison, I think, in that respect. However, they are all very close. <laughs> Which is uh, so is uh, the the Richarlison. Uh, bike, Eric, is or is that the one for you? That's mine. Yeah. Okay. MJ. Um, it was that. To be honest, the the team the team goal, in the in the, in the in extra time for Argentina, the 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 pat pat the Messi out seven, seven touches. Yeah, it was yeah, amazing. That, I, I mean, love yeah. team team goals. Beautiful. I love quick touches. So that is the most impressive goal for me. Um, although like individually the Richarlison goal was fucking incredible. Um, but, uh, the, the most emotional goal for me, the most emotional goal, of course, was, uh, the Sun Hyung Min nutmeg to, I believe, uh, Chu, right? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to go back and check my notes. I don't think it was that, I don't think it was the striker now that I think about it, but yeah, like that that goal for Korea that basically they they beat Portugal and and that means they they go through in second place right. um uh emotionally that was the one that hit me the hardest but like technically and tactically the most impressive was that Argentine goal yeah I mean um if you know me I'm a sucker for free kick goals so the Mexican uh free kick goal that was just a thunder bastard that happened between uh, Saudi Arabia and Mexico that to me was just a beauty, and I'm a sucker free kick. So to me, that to me that's my favorite goal. Like if we're going about most emotional goal, like um, that's a tough one. I think I there were lots of, there were lots of uh, goals that were just so emotionally driven. I think um, that my uh, driven, but overall, like that free kick kick was just beautiful. Just I, I I'm a sucker for that. So that for me is my goal. I'm just gonna keep I, I adding it, as I think of stuff here. I know but, that's what I'm the, doing too. The the, the, the Netherlands the Netherlands free kick with the with the very so, cute uh like, vote horse, d- yeah. dummy dummy pull away and you know like that you know change up slow roller you know um, looks like you're gonna shoot it hard and just pass it into the box have a guy step away and another guy hit it yeah. uh, that was very cheeky but I love a well orchestrated uh, set piece of deception so. Yeah, I was going to add in the Martinez losing it. Looks like it's like in a bobble and just, you know, glued to him the whole time and then putting that thing in, like the Maradona-esque thing oh, from the, the Alvarez, Croatia yeah. semi. Alvarez, sorry. Ian Alvarez, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that co- goal. Great goal. A couple other from earlier in the tournament for Japan, actually, the the one where the ball was about a millimeter from going out <laughs> that he managed to knock back in um, and score that. And then I believe it was against Germany um, where – I can't remember who it was, but the angle that the guy that he scored on, he beat uh, Manuel Neuer um, to the, you know, near the near upper post. Oh, like he blew yeah. the upper 90. He had, about yeah. a, he had a window that, that was, that was, that was about, a, about was a ball. Goal, right? Yeah. What's yeah. that? Yeah. It was like, no, it was no, basically that was a second ball. goal. That was the second goal. That's right. Yeah. I think it was the second one, but it was like yep. the, the window he had was basically a ball, but with like maybe like an extra two millimeters on each side. So like yep. that was the window he had to hit that ball in, and he managed yep. to do it uh, that was sort of on, on the run getting fouled, you know, basically by the uh, German defender 
um it was it was pretty amazing so yeah. um all right any, and we could yeah again we could we could probably we talk could. about goals all, all day <laughs> any um i mean there's no other greatest assist to the tournament other than the first messy no look one right that one that's got to take the cake that that messy no look yeah. assist and then um, uh, i guess maybe the, the, yeah, the plastic got a, the plastic duck make let's go with two what I was mean, the best it, yeah go ahead no go ahead mj sorry not not as good as the messy no look but i just i'll just throw that out there as a u.s fan okay uh all right maybe what's the what was the best game of the tournament take let's take the final off the off the table right can't say the final um what was the best game of the tournament, and why was it Argentina Netherlands in the uh, in the quarterfinals? <laughs> that game was, was amazing. Yeah. Same script. Uh, I want something different. Okay, then you pick that because that's mine. I'm like, I literally don't understand how like, because we've seen this here before. It's like Argentina. The only time they've been able to keep a lead is when they score three goals, <laughs> and that was right. against Croatia, right? And everything that's two goals, two goals or less, is just they're not going to be able to keep that lead and. and I just think the the drama between them, the the um, the celebrations and the history between that and Van Gaal and all the other stuff. I mean, just you know that that tops it for me. Um, I think. Oh, go ahead. Uh, not maybe from a no. You go ahead first. I was gonna say the one, <laughs> just because of the circumstances of how it was playing out. Because I was like in the house, out of the house, looking for a car share into the car, finally getting it. And throughout the entire thing, I'm following the Japan-Spain match. And every time I'm changing positions and like changing my my immediate environment, something in that game had changed. And at the same time, it was it was the Costa Rica and uh, what was the other one? Germany. I was, Thank I you. I was going to say that that 45 minutes, basically, the yes. last 45 minutes of, of that, both of two, those, both of those two matches. games, but I think you're, I think you're right. That's, that was actually pretty damn good too. And, and I, and I was constantly in flux. Like I was doing all this stuff while it was happening and trying to keep up. And like, it was, it was awesome, but also like right. <laughs> cognitively like painful. Yeah. It was going through for a very brief minute period of time. Right? <laughs> like eight, eight minutes. Yeah. I think they were going through. Yeah. 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 It was so, incredible. I, 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 yeah. The whole, like when you add in the whole Mexico thing where they needed to score one more goal and they just couldn't. Oh, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those last, I mean, I can't believe that, that FIFA wants to, or is even considering having three team groups after that, like watching the, that second round of second and third round of matches for, for this. I mean, the first round of matches was kind of meh. I mean, there wasn't, there was some, there's lots of duds in there, but once they, once teams kind of had their feet, their, their feet underneath them, um, yeah. they, they were cooking, they were cooking. It was, it was great. So um, yeah, MJ, did you find the one that you wanted? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, Go ahead. Just the, the gauntlet that Morocco had to run versus its former uh, colonizers and, and uh, uh, warring states, uh, if you will, the Morocco beating Spain in penalty kicks. But for me, that Morocco game versus Portugal, even though the score was only one nothing, just seeing Hakimi own Portland Portland attackers, just tackle clean, go away with the ball, intercept this or that. Um, that that was just defensively and technically so much fun just to see them pull that win off against two players you, you guys know that I hate, which is CR seven and you know fake Ronaldo and and uh, and Pepe. So it was it was nice. We to got see. we got sad Ronaldo tears and happy Messi tears. Like that does not happen often. It's pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean we 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 got also um um Luis Suarez tears, and then we also got um I can't forget of the other forward from Uruguay. Um, oh, uh, Cavani. Cavani, 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 literally punching the VAR. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the VAR machine and then getting a yellow because of it. It's like, yep. you know, it's like, you know, the. I think one of my favorite highlights for this whole World Cup is like the amount of yellows that came after the game, or like it wasn't involved actually with the with the with the field players, but it was like people on the bench whether they're coaching, whether they're players, or whether the game is over and people are still getting yellow cards. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I think the quintessential part of that is is the Netherlands brought on against Argentina about Veghurst, who had picked up a yellow before the before he had came on. He was a substitute. Right. So they brought on a dude who was sitting on a yellow card and supposed to taking one off. So yep. it was interesting. So, yeah. So, so generally, um, you know, again, maybe let's, let's – Put aside our, our feelings about the politics of everything. Um, it, but that could have been clear. That's you know that all that factors into it. Everything. This is. Uh, what are your thoughts on the tournament as a whole? Um, just sort of generally. Obviously, I think we're all happy that uh, Messi won it and Argentina won. But just generally, obviously, I know there's lots of lots of things we've talked. We've talked about a lot of them over the course of the last seven podcasts or so. As I know, we don't want to belabor any more additional points. But what are your overall thoughts on the tournament um, generally? So I never would have gone to this World Cup, but just talking with the two friends that I know that, that did travel to Qatar, because it's such a small country in area, area, and all the stadia were basically in the Doha metropolitan area, and also because they didn't sell out every game. Basically, you could go there, have bought tickets to one set of group stage games, and then as your teams progressed or didn't, like find tickets for the other games, you know, there, there were tickets for sale to the, to the other games and you did not have to drive far. You, you know, you didn't have to drive across Germany or across the United States or across Canada, which are much bigger than Germany, but like in general, everything was so close. And so for fans that wanted to take in a lot of games for one world cup, it's a very unique experience. Um, I never would have made the trip for financial and political reasons, but uh, it seems like it will be a unique in the sense of having that easy of access, both from a transportation and ticket availability standpoint. Yeah. Erica Rodrigo. Sure. I mean, obviously I enjoyed the play that kind of goes without saying, just considering what we've been doing here. Um, But having said that it's, it's, you know, the, the weight and the cognitive dissonance of, of the reality of, of everything that's happened is it, it's always there and it always kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And it, it, it's obviously this is the worst of the worst. But again, this is a FIFA track record of damn near a century. Um, it's, it's nothing new. It just kind of culminated with this. And, um, you know, it, it, it just it needs to end like FIFA just. FIFA needs to be destroyed, honestly, for 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 the survival of this game that we all enjoy and that we love. FIFA needs to die. Yes, kill it, and make in, sure you stab in addition, it. In addition to FIFA dying, <laughs> keep it stabbing. Also, it, it, the ranking, the rankings need to die because they never make any freaking sense. And I don't know if you guys look at the last rankings that they just put out, but uh, no, because they don't okay, make any so, sense. 
Yeah, so uh, the top 20 new FIFA rankings are number one, Brazil. Don't know how that works, but number two, Argentina. Number three, France. I get that. I don't understand four, Belgium. I literally don't understand that, but go ahead. England is number number five. This is, number this six. is post-win? This is yeah, post-World this is Cup? Post. This is post-World Cup. Six Weird. is Netherlands. Seven is Croatia. Eight is Italy. How does that work at all? Like... Nine well, is Portugal. To be fair, Spain. to be fair, Italy didn't lose in the World Cup, so that, that is true. <laughs> but true. they also didn't make the World Cup, so there you go. <laughs> Apparently, not making the World Cup or having an early exit from the World Cup gives you a higher ranking. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, Morocco is eleventh, and I'm like, wait, how are they better than Spain, which is tenth? And I was like, hmm. you know, the USA is the only Concacaf team to make the top twenty, right? With well, besides Mexico. But they're at 13th. Germany is 14th. Mexico is 15th. Uruguay is 16th. Colombia is 17th. They didn't make a World Cup. Denmark <laughs> is 18th. Senegal is 19th. And how the hell do you rank Japan 20th? Like, mm. literally. Like, if we're going to defunct de- defunct and just exterminate FIFA, let's do that just for the ranking purposes. I swear. Um <laughs> I will say this as someone who's deep dived into formulas for the UEFA coefficients for both countries and clubs and FIFA, FIFA math is just as messed up. It's, it's horrible. Um, the biggest thing that uh, people in the United States will not like about uh, the FIFA math is how it weights past results. And so we're looking at this world cup and we see these wins and these losses and results and, countries that did not make and there will be some value assigned from how the team did in the world cup the last two world cups the last two continental cups and blah 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 that uh give no bearing to how we feel about these teams now that give certain teams value right and um and it may sound like I'm arguing here. I'm just explaining. I totally agree with Rodrigo here. The the, the rankings are are fucked up. Okay. Um, well, let's. Uh, we're getting close to th- two hours now again, so we want to let's kind of start start wrapping this thing up a little bit here. We did uh, throw out um, <clears throat> a couple hours ago some questions on Twitter. Uh, so Adu Rosales, uh, our friend Adu, uh, asked a question: best closing call to end a game. Uh, his. Uh, uh, Arguments were uh, the touch of all Kirby Puckett from John Gordon, um, Minneapolis Miracle from Paul Allen, the Do You Believe in Miracles from Al Michael from the 1980 uh, Winter Olympics, and then obviously uh, Andreas Cantor, uh, Argentina Campeón, Argentina Campeón del Mundo. Um, I think just obviously as a, as a Minnesotan, I'm a little biased towards Kirby Puckett and the Twins winning the World Series, but I think you got to go. You got to go with uh, Cantor and, and number four. Holding up my D. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, go ahead. I didn't live. I or I was not watching. I was alive, but I was not watching this game. But um, it, being a hockey guy, I really like the Do You Believe in Miracles? Just because if you know the background to that story, it was such a huge upset. Um, it's weird thinking of the United States as not being good at hockey or not being known as a, as a hockey power. But at that time, uh, it was amateurs going against professionals uh so that was a huge upset um to me historically that rings true but um yeah the the emotion of andres cantor that's yeah that's I, I mean 
Yeah, for me is uh for me is is Andres Cantor, but also a close second is is listening to the um the Peruvian announcer called the the game that that qualified Peru to the World Cup because not not far not too far after that he passed away, <laughs> and mm. so like having that having that also is is very meaningful. But overall, like if you don't give it to Andres Cantor for what's going on in this World Cup, I mean like like I think they're all very good candidates. I was. I was watching the twins when the touch them all Kirby Puckett was, was was that. And so like, you know, I, I've watched the Minneapolis Miracle. Um, the only one that I have not seen uh, or watched the movie is Do You Believe in Miracles? You know, <laughs> besides that. I think the more iconic one for people not in not Minnesota Twins fans uh, for that specific home run is We'll See It Tomorrow Night by uh, by John Buck. Um, that is the one that people because that was the the touch them all Kirby Puckett was uh, the radio broadcast. That was John Gordon. The we'll see you tomorrow night. Um, game is game the, six. Yeah. Game, game six, six of the walk up, walk up home of the 91 world series. Yeah. I think the we'll see you tomorrow night, which, which Joe Buck then did. 2011, like 2011, 20, was it 2011? Yeah. I thought it was later than that. Anyways, Joe Buck did it. Uh, uh, kind of the same thing, like a game six uh, walk off home run. So um that might be the more more in terms of baseball ones. So I'm I'm totally lost here. You guys are yep, that's all right. We're gonna move on. Uh, so <laughs> our uh, our good friend uh, Schletz uh, asked, should Rodrigo be recognized for winning the Minnesota Football Show Dave's I Know World Cup Challenge? Um, which, by the way, congratulations, Rodrigo. I, I looked to make to confirm that you you were the best at picking games. So all congratulations. Right, here you, we go. We'll give you. A, you want to you want to give a speech or anything here? Um, uh, I just like to say. Um, I'm gonna forget all the little people. <laughs> nice. And then uh, Schultz's other question is: What other players, uh, aside from the Golden Boot, Golden Gloves, um, what other men's World Cup players stood out to you? I, I know we talked about a few of them, but are there any people that we didn't mention? Anybody you want to highlight? Um, that make sure they get their their due from the the Minnesota Football Daves. I, I, I'm curious to see how a lot of those, you know, the, the same big surprises that I, that I previously mentioned, how, how the careers of some of those players um, go from here on, you know, the, the Japanese squad, for example, the Moroccan squad, um, you know, on and on. And yeah, I, 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 I'm failing on specific players. I just, you know, when was the last time there was like a super badass, you know, Moroccan player on like, in, I mean, I know, Dude's on on uh, he's played for PFG. Hakimi's on PSG, right? Yeah. ZH yeah. plays for Chelsea, but not much. <laughs> not much, right? So when when we get a starter like in the Premier League or maybe for uh, Bundesliga or something like that, when when do we get a new like badass Japanese midfielder again in the Premier League or in the Bundesliga or Serie A or you know maybe maybe a couple of them come to MLS too, which would be dope. So I'm just curious yeah. to see the trajectory. I mean, I I think for me like. I, I really like the young players in this tournament, right? Like, uh, like for example, the the Cody Gapo uh, and um, you know the Jamal Musiala, right? Like yes. at nineteen, and I'm thinking, you know, um, who else am I thinking? Uh, um, I mean, gotta gotta give props to to Casemiro because like Eric called it perfectly. Like he was the engine of a lot of the stuff that was going on. He's such Just a good player. He, a, he really yeah. is. And you know, you mean Jude Bellingham? Like, cause G keeps talking about Jude Bellingham going to Liverpool, and I'm like, you know what? 
keep dreaming, you know. Like, <laughs> but at 19, right? You know, yep. uh, apparently he's I, got I the inside track. So yeah. So like you know, like 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 Mateo uh, Kovacic, um, if I'm pronouncing from Croatia, right? You know, I think uh, for Morocco as a dean, is it Unahi or um, uh, one of the professors? Yeah. Thank you. Al Nasri. Al Nasri. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think those are, you know, I mean, you, 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 the Julian Alvarez, the, the, the Enzo Fernandez, the Gabi from, you know, from overall um, Spain. I think there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have gotten, I think Morocco has a lot of, a um, lot of um, underranked players. And mm-hmm. like, if I was any club team last probably of what i'd be doing right now i'd be like oh yeah let's, let's, let's team, look team that rhymes with Sh- Sh- minnesota united <laughs> no 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 no, no. I'm, I'm talking real club teams in a ah there you go nice yeah to play for hardware type of thing so you're definitely right though there's just, there's a lot of young players who stepped up um the other one you didn't mention uh guardiol the the defender for croatia oh, thank you yep yeah um, yeah yeah yes, yes. and then um uh, the enzo man, fernandez man from argentina yeah, the man Iron Mask, yes. Uh, and then um, Enzo Fernandez from Argentina, too, is another one. So and we had a lot of players who I would be surprised if we see him again in uh, four years. You know, Messi, Ronaldo, um, Suarez, uh, players who've been around for Modric. a long time. Uh, yeah, uh, Benzema just retired, uh, Modric. Um, so, yeah, there's, I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of newer faces that we're, you know, we're, we're now about to see for the next – three or four world cups, including Mbappe, who again, you know, only 23 years old. So ah, it's incredible. I, I don't know if you guys mentioned this. I mean, I, I know I missed the, uh, the Croatia Morocco, but we talked about Morocco as, as a good parallel for the United States in terms of their vision. Um, I would all, also um, posit that Croatia is an indictment in fact on the U S Confe- U S federation because that country has a entire population not much larger than the Twin Cities Metro. And you think about what they've done in the past two decades, 1998, third place, last World Cup, 2018 runners up, third place again, 2022, constantly cranking out world superstars, top talent, top leagues, going far, just, you know, the the zombie <laughs> attack and and, you know, never say die attitude from a population of like 4 million. Are you fucking kidding me? And and all the people that we have in this country and we can't get it together like that. That is like Sunil Gulati. Like that should be his ringtone. He should wake up to that shit like every morning. I mean, you can make the same argument with Uruguay. I mean, Uruguay is like yeah. a small nation yeah. making, make, making star players, but like literally, I mean, a lot of these things that these countries have different is like, you know, they actually have like a statewide plan, right? <laughs> or a countrywide plan on youth development for soccer, uh, which right, right now as as articles make the rounds, as you know, as you know, pay to play seems to be the way to stay. And 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 we don't know um how that's going to change or how that's going to be affect, but I think more programs like the, the Minneapolis City Futures are are a way of of, of looking that because you know you, you can get people into in, into a different path of of success and so i think that's that's the conversation that needs to have in, in in this country but you can't have that conversation unless you're willing to you know reinvent the system in some sort of way i'm just been waiting patiently 
I actually did homework on this, so I'm glad someone brought it up. Uh, the top four populous, uh, five most populous nations in the world, China, India, United States, Indonesia, and Pakistan. None of, none of them are, are football superpowers, right? Um, however, it is a combination of population and what you do with that population. And Rodrigo mentioned this, the, having a, a national plan, how you recruit, how you train youth, and how, you, how that tr- the youth progress up through the rankings as they get older and learn a system or learn certain tactical and technical skills. Um, Croatia does that. Croatia invests in, in their youth um, for their men. Uh, so, uh, and just to contrast that, if you look at um, the other nations that made it to the, the last four, uh, France, 67 million, uh, Argentina, 47 million, Morocco is, I believe, at around 36, 37 million. So Croatia at 3.8 million, my goodness, you know, what they have done to develop their youth and get this generation to where it is um, really speaks volumes. Right. It's remarkable. And I think it, it, it reinforces the ideas like if you have the funding in which this country has enough money, like talking about the United States to be able to do something like that, it's like and you and, and you are willing to have a really conversation about not developing not only the men's game, but the women's game in a sense is, is how do you, how, how do you, how do you do that? How do you approach youth players and no longer um, emphasize the pay to play because the pay to play does have its advantage, but it also does not have the wide net that you can do at, at, at different levels. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's in, this can be a total, 16 podcasts <laughs> yeah. we're not gonna get into it because every time every time we get into it in the minnesota football show like eric has to like cut an hour of my conversation <laughs> out of out of the pod and just sounds really weird this is me doing my clockwork orange yeah <laughs> uh, all right well let's this is slightly related let's let's end on the we you know we didn't really talk too much about the the, the dramatic goings-on with the with the u.s men's national team after they uh, we're knocked out of the tournament with uh, Geo, you know, Geo Reyna and all that stuff, and and um, oh, yeah. Greg Berhalter. Tune in, tune but we did have the other fifty podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we did have a question: Who uh, coaches the U.S. men's national team in twenty twenty six? So oh, um, that's a good question. So let's w- let's keep our answers short. Um, but give me a name, and if you want to give me a line or two as to why, that's totally fine. Uh, MJ, it looks like you are itching to go. So why don't we start with you? It's going to be Greg Berhalter. Okay, Eric, who do you think? Round, huh? Or who do you want? Maybe that's the other question too. That's a different question. Yes, I know it's a different question. Yeah, it is a different <laughs> question. I mean, God, they're, they're, they're going to go with does, an English. Does GJ speak uh, English at all? That, that that's that's what I was saying. They're, they're going to go with an English speaker, so that like makes it a problem. Um, no, he does not. Okay. Oh, damn it. He got, he's got three years to learn English. <laughs> well, I mean, my, my choice is Ricardo Gareca, but that's just me, though. Okay. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I, I, think, I think it'll be Berhalter probably. I wouldn't mind, actually. I think someone like Yogi Lowe uh, or Chiche, honestly. Like, the, one, someone who's yeah. been to a World Cup has, has progressed farther than any American, obviously, has, has, has progressed. Um, I got one. I think you need, I somebody, one. you need somebody with, you know, 
with a vision. Hopefully that's something, you know, at least, or, or he either has a vision that's somewhat similar to what, you know, with that can work with the players that we have in the, in the current system or, you know, has the ability to either recruit and or uh, and train um, his, their particular vision. But somebody who needs to have at least, you know, has to have a vision. Um, but anyways. Megan's uh, a great recruiter, by the way. What's that? Reg is a great recruiter. That is that is true. Uh, you know, say what you want about his tactics on the pitch. He does. Yeah. He is. I mean, Sergio Das, Eunice Musa, um, are all you know great shouts in terms of uh, young players who are pretty yeah. good who uh, are chose the U.S. over better options. Honestly. Okay, I, I have a question for your question. I suppose does has Bollock ever ma- managed a team, Michael Bollock? I don't know if he has or not. Uh, damn you making me do sorry more. but so, something about like that's the name that came in came into my okay. mind let's give it to michael bollock why Look, the hell not here's here's the thing like i, I know he Grip speaks english so there you go <laughs> I, I understand Greg halter like you know he should be rewarded he should cash in for the for the amount of guarantees that he's been able to deliver for this u.s men's national team right and um and i totally support that but at the same time, like what he's be really being good at, as you guys have been talking about, is recruiting young players and yeah. getting them and getting them to understand a system where like they become together and, and they rely on each other and they trust each other. That is for me more important at the youth level than it is at a senior level team. All these players that we we've come to this World Cup are going to be at a senior level, you know, age. As an asked to World Cup, right? They're they're not going to be as young as they as they are currently are now, right? They're going to be 26, 27, 28 maybe, right? And and, and that requires a, a a different type of for me. I would like to see someone else that does that. I think you give Greg Brohalter the the his like, hey, come coach your youth, come set the culture, and then you have someone else that takes over that culture and 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 just and just makes it go to. I think that is the best thing that i can see like i totally understand giving grandpa halter another chance to 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 make it past the round uh you know to the round of six past the round of 16s but at the same time why don't we just invest on what the, he's really good at and what he's, the, uh, he's over that the men and blazers guys were throwing around um southgate assuming he's done in england no he's, he's just he, yeah he, he just, just announced that he's coming back for yeah. at least for euros here's yep. so here's my dream scenario guys uh Adrian Heath takes the job uh, for two years. I mean, he's already proved that he can't fuck up strikers anymore. So, like, he can't really fuck up our striker pool anymore. He takes the job for two years through Copa America, gets the shit out of him by Brazil and Argentina and Peru and, and all the, and, you know, Chile and every, you know, European or uh, South American team kicks the shit out of him. And then, guys. Can he be kidnapped this, to like a gorilla? Yeah, hold on, hold on, Eric. Hold on, hold on, hold on, okay, hold okay. on, buddy. Hold on. <laughs> Pep Guardiola steps away from Manchester City, oh. takes over the U.S. men's national team. Man City gets bad. The U.S. gets worse. Adrian Heath is out of a job. It's a win, 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 <laughs> fucking win for this oh, and, and Balance, and balance on, in the force. No, to add on to this, somehow Pep Guardiola finds out that uh, Julian Alvarez has some sort of like six-degree... <laughs> Immigrant status from the U.S. and he decides to become a U.S. American play for yeah. the national team. And files, files, a, files. Yes, FIFA gives a, gives away a, a crazy variance, and yeah, um, that's that's the dream scenario. So, top that. Does Guardiola, does Guardiola have property in in Miami, or maybe he's just going to crash at Messi's for a while? 
he apparently he when he was on his sabbatical in between Bayern and uh, the Man City job, he spent a year in New York. Like he lived in New York City, and he apparently fucking there loves New York. So it's not it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility. So uh, that'd be that'd be amazing. Did you did you see once a loon Jeff Antonella's tweet that I retweeted? No. Uh, it was so the on the pitch ref squad was all Polish. But there were actually two U.S. refs, either uh, right. as substitutes or like fourth officials. Fourth official, yeah. Mm-hmm. In VAR, so one of them was uh, everyone's favorite MLS ref, uh, <laughs> Ismail Elfath, and Ismail Elfath is seen like saying something to Messi after the game, and and Jeff Adetola puts quotes around and says like, "You're gonna love Fort Lauderdale." <laughs> <laughs> And, right. and I think that's a possibility, but he, but Messi also said that he is not retiring from playing for the national team. So that's true. He's going to be in some sort of competitive league, and I think the most pushover league in Europe, besides you know, it's it's it's, it's league uh with PSG, where he just <laughs> literally has just to show up and make half of the amazing passes he have to make in the World Cup. So. All right, guys. Well, that's I. Let's leave it at that. Uh, Messi coming to MLS. Um. If you want more of the shenanigans that we've been putting out for the last month or so, you can uh, check out um, both of our shows, the Minnesota football show, um, the Dave's I know. If you want to support the work that we're doing, patreon.com slash MN football show um, or patreon.com slash the Dave's I know. Uh, special shout out. Thanks again. Um, one final time to Podiumware um, and Pence Homes for supporting the podcast. And giving us a little extra scratch for uh, Christmas presents. Um, and yeah, if you want to reach out to us individually, uh, over on Twitter, you can find me uh, at Texas Zeller, Rodrigo at RSC Spoken Word, um, MJ at MJ Matsui, and uh, Jess at Jessica 144083902. Or you can reach over, uh, Eric over at uh, the Instagram, uh, Eric SB Musica. Um, the Dave's I know um, at TDIKMN on Twitter at MN Football Show on Twitter as well. That uh, gets to most of us as well. Um, again, guys, this is super awesome. Thank you so much for for doing this with us. Um, for all of you guys who are listening, for hanging out and listening to us, and and with feedback and everything, it's been really great. Hopefully, this isn't the last um, Voltroning of these two shows, and we'll we'll have some we get some more <laughs> some more stuff coming up here in the next teaser, the next year teaser. or so. Yeah, it's yeah, been I guess, wonderful. Thank. Thank you to you three, três vagabundos por aqui. Obrigado. It's been a lot of fun. Like this, this really uh, was something to look forward to. Just hanging with you on. Thank you to the listeners as well for for putting up with our uh, locura. We, <laughs> we appreciate you all. Um, it's been great. Had a lot of fun. Valeu. Right on. Come to Hamnida. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll uh, we'll talk to you from our own uh, feeds again here relatively soon. I don't know. I don't know when the hell I'm going to talk about soccer again. We're, while, so. ferias. We're on break. We're on break <laughs> yeah. until the new year. After the first new <laughs> year. So. Right, Rodrigo, we out <laughs> for until the new year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right. planning to be drunk every other weekend. So just, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not all right. Not Happy holidays, like everyone. On, my one. <laughs> on yep. that note, yep. Have all a special. good one. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you all in the, in the new year. Bye.